Now, everyone, I will hear your analysis of the reasons for this current situation. Well, sir, I think we're all agreed on the strength of the series in its early years. My own theory is that something happened when it moved from Nintendo consoles to Sony. Now, then, the first Sony game had a lot of good points, though. Many refused to think of it as a sign of the end times, though the lack of proper multiplayer did hamper its reception. Of course, the Sony platform was not inhibited by a shortage of controller ports, so this problem cannot be attributed to a technical issue. Next! Portable games made up the next installments, and they were widely disparaged, but that view is overly harsh. They may not have been the best they could be, but some good points remained. No positive argument has ever been made in favor of the final gasp, though. Universally damned and beloved by none, the series seemed to have lost its last showing. That is, until we learned that it has a vital relationship with the spirit of the Earth. Apps. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, who would have guessed at the time that Gaia expected more mana games and would not be dissuaded by their quality? It is for this reason that we have been laboring inside this cave with the most primitive of technology to produce a new game before this doomsday scenario is complete. Runfjörl, I can rock! We were forced to use the last sign of the series as our launching post, but that was difficult because none of us ever owned a cell phone compatible with Japanese mobile services. We can only hope that this shoddy effort satisfies Gaia. If it doesn't, I call not it for being the one we eat. Oh, call not it. I'm like, what? <laughs> we can only hope that this shoddy effort satisfies Gaia. If it doesn't, I call not it for being the one we eat. Strap on your swords. Ready your spells. You're about to enter the heart of a dungeon filled with computer and console RPGs from way back when, right up through yesteryear. To get you through this maze that's dripping with danger, we've gathered the best men and women from RP Gamer to watch your back. Some of you have never entered this area before. You're in for quite a fight. For others, this return visit can only be described as an RPG backtrack. And here are the party leaders for this expedition, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 56, Mana from Heaven. Bet you guys can't guess what games we're talking about today. So, since you already know that, let's go ahead and talk about the people who are going to be talking about the games. First up is my evil shadow, Mr. Mike Minky. They call them smartphones, but only dummies use them in my class. Mm, and you know what you can find on smartphones, Mr. Minky? Apps! Mr. Michael oh. Apps! He made oh. it too easy, Mike. I'm so sorry. You know what? That was actually an excellent setup, so I can't really complain about that one. Well done. How are you doing today, Mr. Apps? Uh, very good. Very good. Hmm. Have you, uh, have you uh, eaten any good foods lately? Eat any good food? Yeah. Hmm. Not anything that pops to the top of my head. Because I happen to have this really great bowl of Ramos noodles here. It's Cassandra Ramos! Hello, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you. 
you know, somebody, somebody, somebody is trembling in the corner because they don't know what segue I'm going to use for their name. They're afraid. Very afraid. Not afraid so much as wondering how you could possibly pull this one off. Ah. Well, let's see here. Mr. Minky. What, am I supposed to come up with something now? Well, you did such a wonderful uh, German accent on that skit, so I'm wondering if you can introduce our next speaker tonight. Erst Using Lothen. the proper accent, of course. Erst Lothen, wie geht's dir denn? Hoffe, es ist ein guter Nacht für dich. See there! Guten Tag, See there, Nathan, when I can't come up with a good intro, my good friend and evil shadow does it for me. Okay, I have no idea what you just said, though. It's so good, normal people like us couldn't possibly understand it. Indeed. And I, of I'm course... sad that I've forgotten so much of the language she spent three years teaching me in high school. <laughs> and with my evil shadow, Mr. Miki, I am also your host, Phil Willis, and we welcome you to another RPG Backtrack. What are we talking? We're talking about Final Fantasy Adventure. We're talking about Legend Man. We're talking about Sword of Man. We're talking about Children Man. We're talking about Donna Man. We're talking about Heroes of Mana. We have got mana coming out of our armpits. What an image! I I wanted to say something else, but I got to remember this is kind of rated PG-13, so I try to be nice. Yes, and plus, if you did that, it would remind people of Adam Sandler movies. We don't want to do that. Uh, that would be a very dark thing indeed. Almost darker than some of these games on the list today. Yeah, if you put together all of Adam Sandler's output and made someone watch it for an entire day, you'd probably see some suicides. Well, you know what? We're going to let our audience go and Google that right now. Or find it on YouTube or something. Or eagerly anticipate Jack and Jill, which is coming in just a few weeks, where he plays his own female clone or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, there you go. If we're going to let people do that, we're going to take a teeny tiny break, let them listen to one of these awesome tracks. We'll be right back. series today and a lot of people including myself used to think that that started with the secret of mana but it actually goes further back than that the mana series finds its roots in a tiny little game called final fantasy adventure is that right mr minky do i got that right you got that right all right this was called, called seiken densetsu in japan but somebody in squaresoft's north american branch just thought you know what those final fantasy games they sell so we're just going to rename it that's right well, so like technically <laughs> it was technically it was final fantasy gaiden legend of the holy sword in japan so it was did kind of start off final fantasy so it's not a was huge it? stretch to make a false adventure 
Okay, before we do, before we divulge, we got to give this game its proper introduction. Final Fantasy Adventure, developed and published by Square for your Game Boy original Game Boy Black and White system. Make sure to go out and get your copy today. This was released on June eighth, nineteen ninety one. This is a single player action RPG experience, and it's rated O for very old. <laughs> so, okay, now digress into arguments. Go. I only played the GBA remake, so I'll set this one out. <laughs> yeah, so I, sorry. I've only played a little bit of this one. Uh, my twin brother played through the entire thing and really liked it. So I'll be playing, kind of narrating off of his experiences rather than my own. So take it second hand in source. I tried to recruit him for this, but he refused. Oh, well. Oh, gosh. It sounds like he had oh. something else to do this evening. <laughs> I did play it. For a while, I didn't finish it, and I don't really remember why. I just remember it not hooking me at the time, and then by the time I was interested in trying it again, I was no longer able to play original Game Boy cartridges. I'm shaking my head at all of you. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have incredibly fond memories of this, Mr. App, so launch into it. Well, I obviously back in the day got it because it had Final Fantasy on the box. And <laughs> Looks like that marketing plan worked. <laughs> yeah, it really it, did. It really <laughs> did. It worked for this as well as it worked for the Saga games. So yeah, um, you know this one I almost remember as fondly as the Zelda game for Game Boy, which is saying a lot since that's such a uh, fantastic game. But um, it's it's mostly kind of a simple action adventure RPG. Um, decent yeah, music for a Game Boy game. Yeah. Oh, it's hard 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 to say that any music from the Game Boy games is really that good. Yeah, the kind of sound quality of the Game Boy wasn't great, but yeah. you still put good melodies on it somehow. I don't remember the music much, but then I was mostly playing this in a college library where if I had tried to listen to the music, I don't think people would have liked me very much. <laughs> did the original Game Boy have a headphones, Jack? It did. I think... It did. Yeah, but I was playing it on GBA anyway, so that wouldn't have been a problem. True. I'm, I'm I'm racking my brain for concrete memories of the game and not coming up with much more than wandering around in a black and uh, greenish world like a Game Boy game, funny enough, killing things for a while. And uh, I seem to remember getting lost a few times because either I wasn't paying close attention or the game wasn't too explicit about telling me what to do next. <laughs> And really, I can't come up with much more than that. It's It's been a while, and this apparently didn't lodge itself in my memory very well. Okay, well, at least I can fill in more than that. Um, Thank you. Final Fantasy Adventures, well, it's more or less, despite being the originator of the Saga series, which moves on a very different direction, it, it's really basically the Final Fantasy spin on Legend of Zelda. It's pretty much a Legend of Zelda game with Final Fantasy elements thrown in. It's got chocobos, black mages and white mages are running around. All that. So there's a red mage as a major character. 
All that kind of stuff. Um, it's got classic puzzles in the vein of the original Legend of Zelda of making, trying to find the little secret walls hidden in the... If you kind of hit your, your sword against the wall to find where you can actually rip open a wall to open up a new passage while using a magic rather than a bomb, but... Uh, a lot of stuff like that. Very kind of puzzle-focused at times. Classic freeze an enemy on top of a switch with your ice spell in order to progress through a door. Stuff like that. Yeah, what was also cool is all the different weapons had their uses. Like, you know, you had, like, the whip to get across gaps. Um, you had, like, the scythe that could cut through different plants and things like that. So there a lot, there's a lot of switching between the different weapons to get through different obstacles. A lot in the vein of Zelda, you know, except just switching your weapons. There weren't any really other, like, tools, just a different, different sets of weapons. I forget exactly how many weapons there were. Hmm. So, was it fun? <laughs> well, I can at least say that my brother loved the game. Hmm. Well, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's just, you know, simple, good action RPG fun. The combat worked well. You, they really utilized all the weapons. Certain enemies can only be damaged by certain weapons. So there's a lot of, you know, figuring strategy there, figuring out what weapons work best. Uh, there were a lot of cool boss fights. You know, it's it's just a well-put-together game. A little on the simple side, you know, but, but it's an older game, so kind of understandable. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's also a fairly ambitious Game Boy game in some ways. It's a kind of game which, in some ways, it's kind of like, if you aren't familiar with how big a Game Boy RPG can be, it can surprise you, because there's quite a lot of little twists and turns and lots of dungeons and such. Mm-hmm. It's got a fairly charming story, too. There's lots of fun, random stuff, like there's a cyborg chocobo you can ride around in the game yes. it's used to run across water and such. So it's got all fun elements in it, too. Yeah, and the, the whole world in the game is all interconnected, so you know it can actually go back to old areas in the game. You know, It's just like this huge, interconnected world. Similar to Zelda, but definitely on a bigger scale. Mm. Interesting, uh, you know, and I and I never did get it because I was into Legends and looking at Adventure, just kind of looking at the boxes back then. I didn't have websites to to read into and stuff. It, it looked kind of uh, simplistic, but uh, a little bit too you know overly simplistic for my taste. But it does sound like in the end it was pretty fun. Absolutely, um, yeah, it is. I, I really regret not playing through it myself. I'm not sure why I did really, but. Never quite did myself. Yeah, I can certainly say that I wasn't repulsed by it. It just didn't hook me at the time, and it would probably do a lot better now that my standards have been broadened because I was still pretty new to RPGs at the time. I kind of wish I played it at the time. I mean, I, I would at least like to compare it to its remake to see, you know, what's changed and what's been kept and whatnot. And unfortunately, at the time, I mean, I Pokemon introduced me to RPGs. I, I went to the platformer to had no idea about years later cool hmm. well um, so any other thoughts uh, I mean I know do we talk about do we, we didn't talk about the plot huh anybody remember the plot um, the plot. Uh, there isn't much to the plot yeah the plot's basically there's an evil empire you're a gladiator enslaved by the empire you break free you go on this adventure, which kind of takes you to all these places. 
turns then there's a couple plot twists a guy who's following a guy who seems to be your friend actually turns out to be an enemy stuff like that ultimately you get the holy sword of the or to, that's the japanese title is all about and go to save the tree of mana starting the whole mana legend thing that's about it hmm. yeah, pretty much covers the whole thing you know <laughs> thankfully the the dialogue was never too lengthy um something that became a problem in its remake, but we'll talk about that later. Ah. Well, again, this was a 1991 Game Boy game. Plot was yes. not the primary consideration. And it worked. It actually worked out for the better, I think. Huh. But, uh, you know, the, what's kind of cool about this is if you played Secret of Mana first and then came back to this, you can kind of see where a lot of the elements are you know, some of the other games originally came from. Yeah, sweet. Hmm, cool. Anything else y'all can think about? You want to share? Did, didn't this come out in Europe as named Final Fantasy Mystic Quest or something? I think it was just called Mystic Quest. Which, yeah. yeah, something like that. I remember there was something strange about what it was, how it was named in Europe. Hmm. That has got to be confusing. <laughs> oh. You missed the quest over there? Yeah, cool. Alrighty. Well then, let's not hesitate. Let's not procrastinate. Let us move on. We shall skip Secret of Mana because that already got an entire show way back when Max Storm was hosting this thing. You can just go listen to that and apparently Glenn really... Didn't care much for the game, so you can go boo. What? In what? No. Oh, you don't like it. No. Okay. You know uh, what? That's why you're going to go listen to the old one because apparently Glenn was very, very happy to have the opportunity to say he didn't much like it. Okay. Listeners of RPGB Backtrack should know that the opinions and whatever that was said back in the older shows before we start recording on the 11th show do not necessarily reflect the more intelligent opinions of those people on the current show. Thank you. Please note that Mr. Cunningham and Mr. Self did not agree with him on this aspect. Go, selfless Cunningham. Also, Mr. Self would have joined us this evening were it not for the fact that he is taking a culinary course with a very hard-to-find chef in Oklahoma. Mm. Mm. Coolie coolie. Oh, so anyways, let us take a little walk through time and fast forward about almost 10 years and come over to the PlayStation and Legend of Mana developed by Square published by Square Electronic Arts uh, this was released here in North America on June the 7th 2000 and later re-released on the PlayStation Network uh, on March 22nd 2011 I actually got this on my PSP this is a single and multiplayer action RPG rated T for terribly pretty I love the way this game looks. Actually, you know what? I was lying. I, I have played one of these games because I played this one. <laughs> I, I played it on the PlayStation, and, and my memories are a little foggy. I remember how pretty it was, but I remember not really getting super-duper far in it. Um, so I'm sure it didn't sweep me in like Secret of Mana did, but it's been a while. <laughs> but it is pretty. Oh, my gosh, is it so pretty. Oh, my goodness gracious. And, yeah, having it on my little PSP, I just booted it up and show it off to people. And then I turn it off again. Like, yeah. ooh, look, see how pretty. Okay, I'm done. 
But anyways, maybe maybe some of you with fresher memories can help me uh, go down memory lane and, and tell me more about the story and the, the gameplay. Eh, that's not me in this case either. My extent of the game was literally occasionally going over to one of my friends' houses and watching her, or even occasionally playing at it, and I never did play through or watch the entire thing. Although I have semi... Well, like, I remember the graphic being pretty. I remember really liking the music. And I vaguely, vaguely remember the game's ending. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I, I actually played it way back when on a few rentals and actually purchased it, the downloadable version recently. So, I mean, I've played it recently. I've seen it played recently. I've never completely gone through, through the whole game, though. But this really is the first of the whole Mana series games that I just don't like. Ooh. <laughs> yes, Mr. Apps and this game have a relationship s- solely due to its creator, is that right? That is correct. This game was, I believe, directed by the maestro himself. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Sometimes. As the resident defender of the maestro, please tell us what Mr. Kawazu did in this game that tickles your funny bone in so many ways. Well, what's interesting about this game is, and which is probably part of the reason why a lot of people don't like it, is it's a bit, um, let's call it unstructured. Not in a sense that um, there's no structure, but just that um, you can kind of take it at your own pace, um, discover things on your own, and basically build your own adventure. And What he means by this, of course, is that you're going to stumble around oh, looking boy. for the way to go onward and not find it, no matter how hard you try. Yes, I will admit that is one of the game's problems. Is sometimes you can get to the point where you have no new locations to put down and just don't really have any good idea where to go and you have to do a fair amount of looking to find out which is why that friend of mine I talked about printed out an enormous like a fact on it because it was really <laughs> to just computer on all the time <laughs> it's just like she kept extensive notes on something item crafting tempering I don't know what I just remember looking like vaguely looking at it like geez what's with this game oh there yeah, are- but- insane number of subsystems in this game. Yeah, I, I like game subsystems. I like some of Colossus' work, indeed. I mean, you can hear a lot of praise for me when we finally get around to the Saga Frontier backtrack. But some of the systems in this game are just arcane. Like, what is up with the game's tempering system? I took a look at the guide for that one online, and it's just ridiculously complicated in ways I couldn't imagine. But here's just, the thing is it's not required. And that's kind of the cool thing about a lot of the systems here is they're there, but you don't have to do anything with them. Yeah, it's just the kind of thing that if you want to do anything with them, it's the, there's a big barrier of entry there. A really sure. big one. I'll give that you that. That's the trouble of it. She actually really liked the game. <laughs> I think she still does. I'm not sure. But sometimes I think a barrier of entry like that can almost be a good thing because then it gives you the 
sense of accomplishment that you finish something on your own. Not that I'm saying oh. that... Oh, just say what you're really uh, hold thinking. On, hold on. It hold on. weeds not, out the weaklings. I'm not saying that it's perfect here. I'm just saying that it. sometimes systems like this are better when they're not straightforward and you can kind of tool around and figure things out on your own. Maybe I've just played too much Resonance of Fate. I don't know. Yeah, I like Resonance of Fate, though. Legend of Mal and Resonance of Fate are very different. <laughs> and that one, that one also weeds out the weaklings. So, meh. It's all about weeding out the weaklings. If you can't get our systems, oh. you don't deserve to play our games. Go away. I wouldn't say this one weeds out the weaklings. <laughs> the combat is pretty easy. Uh, maybe we should talk about the combat for a second, since it's somewhat un-RPG-like. It's actually, yeah, the combat system's kind of a mess. Like, it, it continues the whole thing of the kind of real-time combat of moving or moving around and hitting enemies from the previous Mana games, like Secret of Mana, except you kind of have to take enemies on your plane, and there's all these skills you need to learn that do different things, sometimes a little vague on how they're different to what they're supposed to do. And all these special skills to really have this massive time up and hit only a small area. So there's plenty of time for enemies to move out of the way in front of your attacks before you attack. So you tend to hit nothing, even though you can only use these once in a while. And I really did not. The, the thing I most dislike about Legend of Mana is its battle system, really. It's just not a very well put together, fun battle system. I would disagree. <laughs> I definitely disagree. Fight, 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 fight. I'm sorry. Bad host. Bad. So why would you disagree? Oh, I don't think things like attacks, having to time up, giving enemies time to dodge is, is a bad thing. It just means, you I mean, they're powerful skills. You have to time them right and make sure, you know, get them in line with the enemy. And, you know, the, the, the whole battle system plays out a lot like a, a beat-em-up. Uh-huh. And and that, I mean I mean it's it, 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 that's okay it's it's all in the execution how how you know how fun or organic or how smooth or you know it plays um, and I I don't remember enough about the 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 combat because the whole sticking plate I think I got lost with the whole sticking places and figuring out what I was really supposed to be doing next and and at the time my my patience wasn't exactly very long so I didn't stick with it for too long but as far as the combat goes I I kind of remember a little bit what y'all are talking about but I can't remember if I was super enjoying it not liking it but there's plenty of action RPGs including the original Secret of Mana that was that would use such you know, I mean, Hex Zelda's kind of the same thing. I, we don't want to get into that argument, but, it, you know, as long as it's, you know, the question is how well it actually plays and handles. Does it feel responsive? Does it feel like there's a rhythm there? If you're having a time stuff, does it make sense, or does it feel like the, the game's kind of cheating you? Now, as yeah. I recall, you had to actually physically pick up experience points in this game, right? I remember, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't let them get yeah, away, yeah. ding, nab. They're like Pokemon. <laughs> yep, you need to catch them as they drop. Oh, that's but funny. Needed to get it that way too, and it was hard to get them to collect any of the blasted crystals. I remember her spending yeah, a long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to get your stupid rabbi to grab the crystal and level up is such a pain. Mr. Apps, I don't hear you jumping onto the defense of everything Kawazu did in this game. Come on, no, this is your job. No, because there, there are certain things that even I didn't like about it. Like, uh, you know, what? Must, what? 
Oh, oh, hold on. Where's the mute button for this guy? I want to find it over here. Blasphemer. Go ahead. Uh, it, it sounded almost like you with, just said that something Kawazu did yeah. was not your favorite thing. Yeah, the, the the experience points. That was pretty annoying when you're trying to level up a monster and you're, you know, wait, they're starting to fade away and the monster's just idly wandering around not getting experience points. Um, not the best feature in this game. Okay. It... Also, also one point about the battle system is some of the normal weapon combos get a bit repetitive, which, um, you know, after long play sessions kept somewhat annoying for me. Huh. Okay. So, what about the whole thing of putting down those... Somebody explained that system of putting down sections of areas that you'd visit and how that metagame worked. I can handle that if you want. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, certain characters in the game will give you items called artifacts, which... Um, when you go out to the world map, which is kind of like a, a grid-type thing, you place these artifacts on on the map. And they have to be connected to places that are already there, and they turn into new locations that you can travel to. And depending on how you place the different uh, locations in the world, it could have different effects and, you know, lock or unlock different aspects of the game. I, I, I don't remember the intricacies of that, but they're, depending on how you place things, uh, you know, certain things could be locked or unlocked for you later in the game. Mm-hmm. That's sort of an interesting system. I just, uh, I can never get a feel for how it's supposed to work, what it's supposed to affect. I mean, I kind of thought, like, I, I like that aspect of the game in a certain way, but also it's like, uh, I don't know. What's it supposed to be doing? It's never very clear to you. You never. It's no good sense of like, if you know if you're, what consequences or choices have been made there at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't. I don't think there's a lot that is deeply affected if you place something in a certain place. But yeah, they're, they're definitely not all that clear or make it all that you know, make it all that clear at all to the player that, you know, if you place things in certain arrangements, different things can happen. They never really explain that well at all. You know, they just kind of say, oh, you put this artifact on the map somewhere, and you can go to a new location. But uh, it, it's kind of a, it is kind of an interesting idea, letting the player kind of build the world on their own, and, you know, depending on which areas you find, you might go through a whole different series of quests than some somebody else who sits down and plays the game. I, I certainly won't say that it was executed perfectly, but it's definitely definitely an interesting way to go about a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Tactics Advance uses that, but I have no idea how the systems actually compare to execution. Hmm, gosh, yeah, because I've done that in Tactics Advance. Or is, is it Advance 2? Uh, I know at least Advance does it. Uh, I never okay. played Advance 2. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Advance 2 did that. Oh, uh, get a mixed up a bit. They, they're, they're very similar. 
So, you know, so, uh, you know, when, if you were to ask me, if someone was to ask me about this game on the street, it'd be something that it'd be tough for me to recommend after listening to y'all talk about some more. Still sounds like it's tough to recommend, huh? Uh, I'd say it's not that hard to recommend. I think, uh-huh. I, think, I think the problem here is a lot of people that play RPGs like to... Are completionists? Would, it, would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, there's a Sometimes. there's a good chunk of no. I mean, I know a lot of RP gamers, and there is definitely a significant subset of them who are completionists and want to be able to do all the things. I mean, they just tear into a game and they want to be able to. Some people they'll just play straight through and, and get to the end, but a lot of there's a good subset that they want to be able to go back and do everything and find all the nooks and crannies and. They're the people who power level their characters up to 99 and Disgaea and, or 999 or whatever and figure out how to unlock all the classes and stuff. So, yes, to answer your question, yeah, I, I do believe that's a good chunk of the audience out there. Okay. And I would say it's hard to recommend to that group because this isn't – if you want to 100% this game, you basically need a walkthrough. I mean this is the kind of game that if you want to enjoy it, you can't be worrying about – missing anything you need to just go at its own flow and just kind of have some fun with it you know explore the subsystems that you like ignore the ones that you don't and just kind of go at your own pace so uh based on the fact that a lot of rpg players are completionists maybe this isn't the best game to recommend to people that like rpgs which is kind of eliminates its target audience (laughs) So, yeah. Um, at the price it goes for on PSN, I think it's somewhat easy to recommend people just give it a shot. You know? What if somebody now, wants the physical like, copy? Um, oh. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. along, uh, but also, you know, let's talk about uh, just real fast. Another subset of RP gamers are those who kind of like the traditional linear experience. Uh, that isn't exactly what this is, is it? I mean, like no. that, that probably, this, this game would be a hard sell. If I remember correctly, uh, it's kind of a hard sell to those who are used to the, uh, games that really kind of lead you in a direction with plot and focus. And this isn't final fantasy, uh, 13. So then. This game is hard to recommend to people who like RPGs. Would that be fair? <laughs> but 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 it might appeal if maybe it appeals to the more open-ended RPG people who are like the Western RPG people who who like to have to make their own story. Who aren't necess- They're more about the journey than the ending, and, and they're not completionist. So yes, that I, subset it would probably work for. Absolutely. There you go. See, we've got it all figured out. We smart people. <laughs> <laughs> we, we 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 got it all down. Uh, let's see which which um, uh, let's see Legend of Mana, right? Uh, let's see here. Our good friends at Half dot com says that Legend of Mana can be bought for the low low cost of forty dollars used. Uh, and if you want that, in a, well, if you want it in like new condition, which usually means it has the box and the instructions, you're looking at closer to. 65 70 bucks if you don't mind uh, just getting the disc only or maybe missing the manual or something along those lines then you can get it for around 40 45 i'd stick with the psn version boys and girls 
We didn't do the price check for Final Fantasy Adventure, did we? Let's see, Final Fantasy Adventure. We need a price check on aisle five price check. All right, Final Fantasy Adventure for the wonder system known as the Game Boy. Nintendo Game Boy. We have to go like way back on the list to pull that boy up. Now this one, this one's going to set you back a whopping uh, eight bones with shipping and handling. I I don't know, boy. That's a tough call there. That is an easy eight dollars to spend. Yeah, yeah. Assuming you've got something that can still play uh, Game Boy games, which would be what your original, uh, what the Game Boy SP I think does. Yeah. The what? The latest system, yes. Yeah, like the the Game Boy Advance SP. That's the one that could still backlight and stuff. Does that yeah. do it, or is it no? It's the original Game Boy Advance. No, yes, no, they does. both do. They both it's do. The, it's the Game Boy Advance Micro that I believe doesn't play original Game Boy games. Yeah, it doesn't. Ah, uh, but uh, if you want to get the original Game Boy Advance just so you can have the fun of buying AA batteries every couple of days for it, be my guess. You know, the sad thing was is when we were going to, and I know this is a little off topic, but I can't help myself. When we were going to Indonesia, I didn't want to take any expensive electronics with me because things tend to get stolen there sometimes. So I actually stopped at an old game, a game store sells used systems, and I bought a Game Boy Advanced. They didn't have the uh, the SP, so I took it home. I started farting around with it, found myself some delay batteries. That was one of the selling points, too, is because I wouldn't have to worry about charging on foreign currency. I could just grab a handful of double A's. Let me tell you something, boy. Have we become spoiled over the years? Because I, I could not. I'm like, no, there's no way. There is no You have to hold that thing at the light just exactly. Can't be too dark. Can't be too bright. Can't be at an angle. I'm like, how in the hell did I deal with this for years? And I know I used to play this thing. I remember playing games on it. But holy hell. And then I went. I remember to- trying to play Castlevania Circle of the Moon backstage while my dad was playing at a gig. And let me tell you, backstage anywhere with that thing means you can't see Jack. Um, yeah, yeah. Game Boy and then we had um um what was it uh then we had the SP which light up which was a huge improvement I remember but then what happens I took that back I got an SP and I took that home and I'm like holy cow I can't really see where's the brightness setting oh it's all the way up on the brightest setting what the hell I'm so, the DS I'm just so used to the DS light and its level of brightness and contrast. I, I don't know. I don't know if these SP screens, maybe they just get worse with time or something, or if they were always kind of that low contrast in color. Uh, my SP seems like it's gotten a little bit worse over the years. I don't know why or how, but it doesn't quite look as good as it used to. Yeah. So, uh, anywho, um, you know, maybe one day, the maybe maybe they have already, but I don't remember seeing it in the uh, in the um, the DS store, whatever it's called. Nintendo store. So I bought some old classics on there. I got like uh, Donkey Kong and, uh, and Super Mario Land and a couple of others on my 3DS. So, but I haven't seen this one pop up yet on the on the 3DS store. I don't know if on the DSi store it's uh, it's on there. But something Square Enix to put anything on the uh, Wii Virtual Console. <laughs> so, anybody else got any final thoughts on this before we move on to the next one on my list? Yeah, I'll do a few thoughts. Sure. I mean, uh, Fall Fan, I mean, sorry, <laughs> Legend of Mana is kind of the, I don't know, it's just it's kind of basically the game where basically for most people it's either the last good Mana game or the first bad Mana game. It's kind of <laughs> subjective taste. Uh, for me, I the game mechanics and the setting and the story concepts just 
don't work for me at all. So I just, for me, it's the first bad Mana game. But uh, I know that some people like it. I can see there are some things to like about it. So I guess if you want to know if you're going to like it or not, but the only way to know is to try it, really. There you go. Alrighty, well. Uh, can I just mention one last thing? Uh-huh. Okay, I said my memories are extremely vague about this game, but I definitely remember the game's ending theme, Song of Mana. It is just fantastically gorgeous. For some reason, it's in Swedish, but it's still incredibly beautiful. <laughs> and you've got the... We're going to have that song... <laughs> Laura composed the score for this, right? And oh, yeah, sure, I yeah. get to hear a bad score from her. And we're going to hear that at the end of the show, Cassandra? Well, that's the plan. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, you know, normally I've actually had a, occasionally I've had somebody ask me if we could, you know, somehow put a listing of the songs that we play for the transitions and stuff. I, I personally don't have that much time to spare. But here you go, guys. You know that that song is going to be one that plays at the end of the show. Aha. It's the ending theme song to... Secret, which which man are we on now? Legend. Legend of Mana. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Phew. I'm getting them all confused because I'm already already looking at the next one here. So speaking of, we are now going to talk about Sword of Mana. This was also developed by uh, Square Enix. Actually, it says Square Enix Product Development Division, Brownie Brown. What the hell is a Brownie Brown? Maybe it's... remember Brownie Brown was initially composed of people who had just left SquareSoft and were developing games for Nintendo consoles right before there was that little backstage deal which allowed Square Enix to actually make games for Nintendo again. Ah, sounded like something I should be eating for dessert. Uh, this is uh, published uh, in North America. It would, it would, I think the employees of Brownie Brown would feed you for quite a while. <laughs> this is published in North America by Nintendo in Japan by Square Enix. This was released here in North America on December the 1st, 2003. This is a single-player uh, action RPG adventure for your Game Boy Advance, and this is rated E for everybody. And on the bright side, you can play. And literally on the bright side, you can play this on your uh, DS Lite, not the DSi, but the DS Lite, and it's 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 very bright. I love playing Game Boy Advance. Games and it's also a remake of the very first game in the series. What? Oh, seriously? Yep, this, is a, this is a remake of Fall Fantasy. Do Fantasy. I have this game? Well, let me look at my library. Oh my god, I gotta pull up my. I didn't know that. That's cool. Well, okay, it's a very loose remake of the original Fall Fest Adventure. There's none of the original game mechanics whatsoever come through. They had the entire second story of playing as the girl, the, the basically a major character from the original Fall Fest Adventure you, who travels with you, but it's important to the plot, but you can't actually control in the original. But now you can control her in this game. It's her own side story. Oh man, I don't have it. What the heck? It's like if you, you can play it from perspective or from the girl's perspective. Awesome, and I think she's a better character than the boy, but we'll get into that a little later. <laughs> yeah, what I remember is that this plays remarkably like Secret of Mana or Seiken Densetsu Three. It's got that really good action RPG knack, and you just walk around and hit things, and it's fun. Yeah, which, but... as you know, if you've played enough action RPGs, is not always the case. Fun for you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like the com, like this is much more of a one character game rather than Secret of Mana's full team game. It's got a few, a few differences, things. For me, this really is the, the first 
Well, this is for me. This is the second bad Mana game, but I think for a lot of people, this is the first definitively bad Mana game, because even though it's a remake of a game I actually respect quite a bit, Fantasy Adventure, it's a bad remake of it. I think it loses the puzzles, it loses a lot of the Legend of Zelda-ish elements. It kill, it removes a lot of the fun plot points and such. Like no more cyborg chocobos. Wait, wait. How do you? Well, I I can agree with you to an extent here, which is, uh. All the puzzles you mentioned that were lost, all the streamlining, that made it really easy. I never had a single problem getting through this, and I don't think anyone else will unless they're, I don't know, three years old and have never played a video game before. Um, and the magic system, as I recall, is kind of weird where each weapon you equip makes your spells do different things. And if you get hit while in the middle of trying to cast something, then you lose your magic points, but you don't actually cast the spell. So that's annoying. And the plot, oh my. I remember the plot as uh, boring me to tears, so that certainly did not make the transition well. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. um... My first Mana game, and also uh, probably the first Game Boy Advance game that was with a fairly complex story. I mean, there was, like, before that, Pokemon uh, Ruby. I'm not exactly... <laughs> not exactly one for great storytelling. And that was before I played any of the Fire Emblems or Yggdra Union or even Riviera for that matter. Or Golden Sun. I'm... <laughs> and only, of course, only the sequel to Golden Sun really has a plot that people got interested in. True. I... Look, the, the plot made no real impression on me. I'm looking over my old review for it, which is one reason these reviews are so helpful. They they allow me to store my memory in a way that is impossible just biologically. But I gave it a one for whatever that's worth, the plot. Hmm. Then again, I don't think I was being strongly proofed at the time, so that might not have held up under close scrutiny. But it certainly didn't strike me in any way, shape, or form as something that I wanted to remember. Take that for what you will. Characters were too damn chatty. That was my biggest problem with it. I don't know. I, I That I don't remember having a problem. I recall that the writing seemed like either the person had weird bouts of um, really good, like, like inspiration, like really good lines with a lot of mediocre ones, because some of them were just kind of like dull, and the others were actually pretty darn funny. So, or like, it, it's kind of weird. It's like I said, either it's two different people, or the person just had epiphanies once in a while. There's like this one point where the boy is like shouting at the top of his lungs, darn, like, was it darn it, darn it? I just rolled my eyes at that. But then on the other hand, there's an NPC somewhere. He uh, just got, he just got turned back to a human after being turned to a bird by uh, one, another, an evil character. And he's just like, huh, what do I tell my wife? After all these years. Oh, honey. Oh, my sweetest honey pie. Oh, where have I been all this time? Well, you see, I was captured and turned into a bird. Yeah, that'll be why. <laughs> you never know. Being turned into birds might be a common ailment somewhere. <laughs> well, then you could probably would have been put off arguing he's turned into a moogle in the Moniverse. Oh, and Nathan, I will definitely agree with you that the other character, the one you're not playing as, doesn't get much help in this game and isn't very useful because I found the the NPC AI to be pretty stupid and Definitely. the other character can't change weapons so isn't able to help you much. 
even if the AI allows the character to get out there and actually do something instead of being, you know, hung up on a rock. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I didn't like a lot of the story elements of this game simply because they brought over a lot of the things I just didn't like from Legend of Mana, some of the character designs, some of the different species and weird creatures. I, I didn't quite get into the combat as much as I... It just didn't grab me very well. And you know, the story didn't grab me as much as it should. And I guess most of all, I didn't like a lot of the weird grindy game mechanics they threw in where like, there's some things they ask you to do which requires like fighting this one enemy who only shows up on this one day of the, this one hour of this one day of the week and you have to fight this enemy to get an item they'll only drop with a rare chance of getting. And I hate that kind of stuff. Like to get the best material to craft the best weapons, that's exactly what you had to do with a certain type of ogre that would only show up at night on that particular day, and it might drop the material. Might. Although usually it's a pretty good chance. I got a number of them, but got kind of bored with it and then just you know went and went to actually beating the game instead of looking for things like that. Yeah, I think I just got too hung up on that kind of stuff, and it kind of killed my fun with the game, and I never quite finished it. Did anybody else notice how many sprites it outright lifted from Secret of Mana and Seiken Setsu 3? Secret of Mana, I think, yeah, some of them seem kind of similar, come to think of it. Well, either they were outright lifted or they were just taken with a tiny little bit changed because they looked very familiar to me. They weren't always the same enemy, but... uh, when they look the same, it's hard to make the it's hard to avoid the association. True. Yeah, Mana ha- the monasteries has a lot of like reoccurring enemies you'll find at, like in all the games. You've got the rabbites, you've got the two legged dog called Howlers. There was the uh, what, Mush- imps- yeah, mushroom guys. Yeah, the uh, the the mushrooms, mushrooms they were called imps. I think uh, the goblins had a distinct look to them. So yeah, just I guess it's hard, you know. They're, since they look very similar, I guess it's not hard to make them not look dissimilar. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Apps, you've been pretty quiet on this subject so far. I really hate this game. It, uh, you know, I really hated the combat, and I, I've been trying to explain exactly why, but I can't really put my finger on it. There's something about it that just it just wasn't fun. I, you know, I, I'm struggling to put my finger on it. And, and also the story, you know, the story wasn't a huge part of the original. It was just kind of, you know, short. A Game Boy and, action RPG. Yes, exactly. So maybe I should have expected, especially from Square Enix, that they would have made the story a lot more chatty, but it, it, it just bothered me. I, I just, the game felt too slow. Uh, a lot of the new mechanics uh, just didn't work all that well. And they threw, like, the cactus hut in there for some strange reason, which always seemed kind of weird. The little cactus Oh, pack. yeah, that. Yeah. And the, uh, I don't know. Else for tempering weapons. Similar to Legend of Mana, but a heck of a lot more, a heck of a lot simpler, I believe. Yeah, so... It, it, you, know, you know, I'm obviously a little biased here since I like the original so much. But it just never, it never struck me. And um, I, and I like also that, remember like another, thing, another thing that bugged me was uh, the level up mechanic where even once you've leveled up, you, 
you have to go into the menu to access the the statistics you get to augment with your level now instead of the game doing it for you, which is what Second and Sesu 3 did, and I kind of liked it there. But here, having to interrupt the action every time and remember to go into the menu in order to switch your statistics around got kind of annoying. Didn't bother me. Okay. I said kind of annoying. It was not the sort of thing that made me break out in a vitriolic rage and wish death upon the developers. <laughs> because I did find smacking things around to be kind of fun. And that's one of the ultimate subjectivity tests, which is impossible to relay precisely to others, especially Mr. Apps and Mr. Slothan, who have just relayed that they didn't find it fun and... I can't argue with you. You didn't find it fun. I did. I don't know why I did. Yeah, neither do I, to be frank. <laughs> I just like, kind of like slashing at enemies or uh, occasionally. Well, magic was only useful. I found magic to be useful against a particular enemy that kind of looks like a, like a two-legged deer skeleton. It would do this funny move where it would kind of glimmer. And if you hit it with magic from the uh, fist-type weapon, it would do like tons of damage to it. Plus, you'd get so many hits that it all—it almost always leveled up your magic. So that was a good way of really leveling up your magic. And also a good way of turning that enemy into a black enemy. I don't even remember turning enemies into black things. Well, yeah, they, I don't remember that at all. They, uh, they would turn into black, like these dark, these black, much harder versions of themselves. If you, if you were crazy enough, and if I am, of course, crazy enough to do this thing. Okay, beat, yes, I do remember that now. I beat, them, I beat a thousand of them. Yeah, because it's the uh, in your you have like a monster album book type thing, and it counts how many times you beat a certain monster. If you beat him 999, it then you beat him a th- I mean, if you beat him a thousand time, it'll roll back to uh, zero, and the enemy will turn black, and it'll be a heck of a lot harder than it was before. I believe I did this to the rabbits, those deer things I mentioned, and uh, some lizard type creature that I can't remember right now. Some lizard-type creature, huh? Yeah. That, that covers several things in, in no, the mana series. He was, like, he was rounded and cute. That's all I remember. Oh, the little thing that was the boss, an early boss in Secret of Mana, the one that kept eating you? Yes, 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 that one. And then, But he was just a regular enemy, yeah. well, type of enemy. Again, that's what... You? Yeah, don't you remember that boss in Secret of Mana that mostly would just sit around and look cute unless you got close and then its tongue would snap out and eat you? And yeah, that boss was <laughs> Those things are really useful in Secret of Mana 3. Well, Second Intensive 3. I mean, yeah. And another thing about Sword of Mana, this is something that bothered me on occasion, is uh, Brownie Brown did not appear to be remembering this is a portable game. We need to have people be able to save at any point because you can't really. Okay, yeah, that was annoying. You have to go find a save point and... Sometimes you aren't able to do that in, well, if you're playing a handheld game, you just need to be able to set it down in a hurry sometimes, and that wasn't an option here. The original had it. Hmm. Now, this is a fascinating, a fascinating example of technology regressing over 12 years, isn't it? (laughs) And it's not even 
an uncommon thing for handheld games of the Game Boy Advance era to have save anywhere capabilities. So clearly, Sword of Mana was special in that regard. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Anything else y'all can think of? Uh, well, I this is the first game that almost made me cry at the end. Almost, I've yet to actually cried any game for that matter. But again, because I was also playing as the girl, it was at first. I did play through the boy story, but I definitely liked the girl. She seemed more of an like a three D, definitely more of a, like a more in depth character than the boy. Be I must avenge my parents against Dark Lord, but she was you know she was struggling with the fact that she was her clan. And that she had a certain duty to fulfill that she was partially reluctant to want to, but she knew she needed to. And again, I, th I thought she was far more interesting. At the end of the game, it's revealed that uh, the mana tree is not the mana goddess, but rather is a line of uh, women who have been taking, turning into the tree for however thousands of been around. She is the latest line, and she, you know, the decision is that the tree was killed in the fight against the last boss. So, you know, the take up, does she become a new tree, or does she just let the world live without mana? Because apparently they, the world doesn't really need mana, but I guess it makes it, somehow makes it better or, or something. I become the tree, and, you know, I can no longer she can no longer be with, with the, uh, the boy character or any other friends they made along the way, so I thought it was pretty sad. Again, I was, pre I, was the, I was much younger, and I haven't played it in a while, so maybe if I were to replay it, I would think, it, I would think of the game being kind of meh, but it had a big in impact on me back then. Well, I can't deny that. I can't take it away from you. I can just say that it didn't for me. I can. It's all mine. I take it all away from you. <laughs> well. <laughs> you are such a cruel person. I that. am. Oh, wait. I should be good today. You're my evil shadow. I, I, gosh, i got to keep keep it all straight. Okay, so you can get this. He'll just watch The Princess and the Frog. Now he's got shadow problems. <laughs> you can watch this. We can watch. You can play this beautiful gem. Uh, for about uh, 12 bucks on the average if you're just looking for the uh, cartridge only or I think there might be a couple of these even with the box uh, you can get it brand new still in the shrink wrap for 40 bucks giddy up yeah I don't hear y'all clicking on sure your keyboards to go buy that there's out there who just are jumping on that like please uh, on well, that... A really succulent deer. I don't know. I was just kind of waiting for all the clicking to start on the keyboard, you know, because everyone's going to rush to buy that. Well, maybe they're waiting for our next game on our list. Maybe maybe that they're saying, you know what, Phil? I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the next game, you know, it just gets better from here. Yeah, certainly it must because the next game's a DS game, and DS games are always better than Game Boy Advance games, right? Uh but Let's find out. We're going to be talking about <laughs> Children of Mana. This is a Nintendo DS game developed by Square Enix, published by Nintendo here in North America. This was released on October 30th, 2006. This is a single and multiplayer action RPG experience. And, and I know, I know this must totally be better. Well, I'll say this. Children of Mana, if you get into a groove with it, can be fun for a while. It gets pretty repetitive, but again, I found smacking things to be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> However, let, let me throw this big caveat out. Every level in the game 
requires you to find an orb, pick it up, and take it to the exit. You must do this to to finish every stage, except the ones with bosses. I, I don't remember if those had orbs or not. They might have, because the orbs were omnipresent. So, you, you cannot just get into the killing things group. You must find that orb and take it to where it needs to go. That does not get any less boring as the game goes on. <laughs> Having said that, I did find fighting things and killing them to be kind of fun. As for the story, um, uh, it was, I think, set at the beginning of all the Mana games. and uh, oh, that, that was Mana Mana. Actually, most of the Mana games have are seem to be set in a timeline except for Legend of Mana. Yeah, and there, there's a Mana Lord who appears, and he's bad, and you got to fight him eventually, and then he turns out to be not that bad, and he sort of helps you in your... <laughs> struggle to kill the thi- the tree thing that kept popping out of the earth. The, I actually like the bosses because I happen to like old school action pattern recognition. And if you get into that, then you'll have fun with the bosses here. Um, and you have to go into town after every level and you're probably going to have to revisit stages to get fresh stuff. Oy, it's only been a few years. I'm trying to recall what I did in this game. Well, you kind of do the same thing over and over and over again, so I think you pretty much covered the whole game. Oh, I, I do want to say this. The soundtrack is really good in this game. This has some of the best dungeon-crawling music I've ever heard, at least on the DS. It sounds great. For some reason, the music didn't but... my mind all that much. Then I don't know the soundtrack, so I probably don't. I should say. Okay. I own track FYI, so I, I, I found it online somewhere. I don't remember exactly how I got it. I don't remember now. But I do have it. Do you really have it? I do. Mm. Oh, 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 looking at my older view, I see... It's a gleam drop. You have to pick that up on every floor and take it to the exit. Not just an orb, it's a gleam drop. Oh, jeez. See, see, that makes it special because it's it's a new word. Oh, my goodness gracious. A new word. Glim drop. Yeah, that glim drop can be yours for only about $10 used. And they're still selling these brand new for around 24 don't oh, that's it. right. The, the, the bounciness. Remember Don't that. do it. Don't do it. When you, when you hit, they'll bounce into each other, and that that affects you, too. If an enemy hits you, you'll go flying and smack into things. It's not as exciting as it sounds, but it is different. About what? What? Two minutes? Now, Mr. Abs, it sounds like you have things to say about this game. I do. I really, really, really wanted to like this game. I did. I was psyched for it when it came out. I'm like, yes, this is going to be like Secret of Mana Diablo. This is going to be great. Random dungeons, different characters to choose from. And it sucked. <laughs> um, I mean, what, what 
annoyed me right off the bat is, you know, it could select from several different weapons, kind of the typical things from the different mana series, even equip a weapon in each hand so you can easily switch between two weapons. But the combos for the weapons are just so boring and there's like no real special weapon skills or anything like that. So, you know, the combat just gets very repetitive. You can only have... I believe one mana spirit equipped at a time, so there's no depth to the magic system. It's just, you know, there's so who cares if the dungeons are random? You're the combat. They're not actually. They're not random. They weren't random. I thought they were random. The things you might find in them are random, but the layout is exactly the same every time, and I think the enemies are pretty much the same too. Okay, I must be remembering it wrong. Oh, but you mentioned the equipment, and I'm going to bring that up because. Again, looking at my old review, I see things that I have forgotten now, which is that until you reach the save points, which happen every four levels, you can't equip anything. Yes. Isn't that great? (laughs) That Uh, sounds like it's worth 25 bucks to me. No. Which is only acceptable because the game is easy enough that you generally won't need to have to test out that new piece of equipment you just found. You'll be able to survive. Maybe you'll be happier if you don't. (laughs) Well, I enjoyed some of my time with it. There's certainly some scrap in combat. Get out of here. Some of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the worst action RPG out there. I I know of some worst ones on DS. <laughs> right, Phil? <laughs> Something with Abyss in the title? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not very good. Oh, and I praised the music, and I will continue to do that. I love the music in this game. But every time you get below one-third life, you start to hear one of those delightful sounds that so many action RPGs think you need to hear so that you understand, I'm dying! Thank you, game! I was unaware of that! Gosh, I'm glad you did that! And of course, that sound will not go away until you heal, even if you go into the menu. Isn't that great? Oh, come on. We're, we're supposed to get a rousing hurrah. Yay for mandatory sounds you can't shut off to tell you that you just got hurt. Hurrah. Yay. Exactly. Because developers clearly have their fingers on our collective pulses. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Worth 20 bucks. You know... What kind of annoys me about this game is it's really not that hard to make a decent action RPG, and it always almost baffles me when somebody screws it up. And that's about all I have to say about this game. Well, this is true. Boy, like the plague. Yeah, I mean, this is true. I mean, with an action RPG, it's you know, it's just building a game with some with some fun core, you know, beat 'em up type of mechanics, a la a la Zelda. And uh, you don't have to have a really deep story. Uh, you just need to have somewhat of a decent loot. Which you don't in this game. The story doesn't take up much time, and it's the better for it. Hey, you just need a you just need a simple loot system in there. If you got some sort of skill tree, that helps a little bit. But yeah, these things don't really have to be too terribly complicated or deep to be uh, to to get at least you know decent scores, or to be somewhat entertaining. 
And so somehow they managed to botch it up, huh? I make it incredibly dull, yes. I mean, you, you, you almost make it sound like it's not worth the $25, but I know that can't possibly be true. <laughs> So if uh, if 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 again, I had some fun with it, but I cannot argue with all the things that we've listed here. So keep that in mind if you do try it. Just try to get into a groove with the fighting and not let all the other things and there are a lot of them okay. bother you too much. You know, maybe we're being just a little too harsh on Children of Mana. Maybe it's not the developer's fault. Maybe maybe the reason why Children of Mana on the Nintendo DS doesn't work so great is because the DS is just too small. Maybe if we if we take the Mana series to a new console with a lot more horsepower underneath the hood like the PlayStation 2, then we got ourselves a kick-butt game, right? Like Dawn of Mana. Dawn of Mana, developed and published by Square Enix. This is uh, this is a PlayStation 2 exclusive, released in North America on May... Two, I mean, I say exclusive, just make it sound super special. Released here in North America on May 22nd, 2007. This is a single-player action-adventure game. And this is rated T4... Terrible. No, come on now. Now, now you're just now you're just being blasphemous again. I, I mean, this, this, look, look. I'm looking at the box. There's a. I think that's a dude on the front. He's got a really big, huge purple sword. He's got kind of the spiky hair going on. I mean, what else do I need in a JRPG? It's got mana on the front cover. Mana games, awesome. Got bright, vibrant colors on the screenshots here. And, and I mean, it's on my big screen. I mean, it's, it, come on now. This has got to be better than the last one. Surprisingly, no. What, what's all the crickets I hear? Is that tumbleweed I see blowing across the the station here? What what happened? Nathan, help me out here. All I know is this game is just universally reviled for all kinds of good reasons. Oh my! I've never played it myself, so I can only relate. Secondhand stories of why it's so bad, but yeah, I'm sure was... I'm sure they're all wrong. What What about you, Cassandra? Also, never played it. Oh goodness gracious! Don't make me rely on the blasphemer, <laughs> Minky. Never played it. Oh sweet mother pearl, fine apps. I guess we have no other choice than to listen. I mean, the game. Sure, I'll play it, and I'll probably not disagree with what Mister Apps is about to say. Look, look. All I know is I'm looking at a screenshot. It's got one of those adorable mana bunnies with a big smile on his face hopping across the screen. I mean, come on now. How bad can this game really be? Tell us, Mister Apps. I'll tell you. Here's my experience with Dawn of Mana. I finally bought it at PAX this year, PAX East, out of morbid curiosity. You know, <laughs> morbid curiosity. Occasionally I'll do that with games that are reviled to see if they really are reviled. I played about 10 minutes of it and sold it the following day. Wow. What? It had one of the worst cameras I think I've ever seen in a 3D game. <sighs> and also a combat system that somehow managed to be more dull than Children of Mana. (laughs) And that's not even getting into probably about 20 minutes of cutscenes that I skipped at the beginning of the game that were terrible. Now, how can cutscenes be terrible? They got cute little bunnies! They're cute! He's gonna reach out and squeeze their little cheeks! 
It sounds like the cute argument is not working, Phil. <sighs> you know, I, I, I don't know, guys. I, I'm, I just, I think you, you just got something against mana. I, you didn't tell me we were gonna have a bunch of mana haters on the show today, Minky. What's up with that? Okay. I'm actually kind of semi-interested in the series, or at least the, uh, like the lore and all, like all the, uh, the world and such. But yeah, I've only played three of the games in there, and one of them is so, it's like my least favorite. It's like. <sighs> favorite game in the past 10 years or so well let, let, let me just uh, i'll throw out some i'll throw out some highlights from uh, a review from uh mr michael beckett who i've never met but it is uh, listed under the review so uh he says uh, given what dawn of mana promises the game itself is a significant disappointment with a tactically basic combat system marred by some of the worst control in recent mr memory and a downright villainous camera backed up by a story that presents a fairly basic take on the theme of mana some of the most important parts of the game are hopelessly muddled and nearly impossible to use. The game does have some wonderful presentation and visuals and sound and while it, it's clear that somewhere buried underneath the manifold problems there is a game to be enjoyed, Dawn of Mana's negatives far outweigh its positives. In the end, while the game might appeal to die-hard series fans, there just isn't much here to make slogging through the game worthwhile. Oh gosh, I can't believe I read that blasphemy out loud! But the screen—this is a really pretty screenshot here. Have you seen the screenshot? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the game looks pretty from all that I've seen, but that's about the only thing I've ever heard that's kind of nice about it. I mean, there's still the there's, infamous there's stuff like how every time you, like pretty much every mana game, the music is supposed to be okay. <laughs> I guess so. I've never heard it, so I don't know. Okay. Heard some, I've heard the uh, like the, the like the uh, the most of the game, the, the repeating theme, Rising Sun. That that version is good game. Now, now, you know, sometimes, though, I mean, sometimes, and I'm sure all of you have done this at some point or another, sometimes you'll see a game, maybe it's not the best game in the world, maybe it got some, you know, critical reviews, maybe some average reviews or something like that, but it's on sale. It's a few bucks. And so you buy it and you play it because its value is, is worth more than the price that's being asked for, right? So what if I told you that Dawn of Mana is available now in brand new, stunning, pristine condition for the absolute low, low price of only $45. Awesome, Why? huh? <laughs> Why? People are paying it because that's where the price point is at. So I think I, I think maybe you all are just you're, – you're missing the forest because of the trees here. You know, Maybe you should have given it more than 10 minutes, Mr. Rabs. <laughs> Bill, Bill, if somebody offered me a brand new copy of this game, which apparently I could then flip for $45. Yeah. I would refuse. Come on, no, man. No, Mr. Apps. You accept, and then you sell it. You accept. No, I, not, I am not a bad enough person that I would actually sell this to someone. I'm going to actually pawn it you to are a much else. better person than I am, Mr. Apps, because I have sold far worse things to people. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and post uh, Apps' personal home address on the, uh, <laughs> on the forums. And everybody who has an extra copy, mail it to them. Let's go to his oh, house God. in a week and see if he's just turned them all on the coasters. He'll have like little Dawn of Mana coasters all over the banquet tables and stuff. That would be cool. I got. I could build a fort out Cause, of it because he didn't want to sell them, you know. So, um, you can get, you can all, you know, if if you don't want the pristine condition, you can get it in like new condition for about twenty bucks. See what a deal, huh? Beautiful graphics, gorgeous visuals, some great music for twenty bucks. Come on, man. You spend more <laughs> than that on what? The 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 new Captain America movie that just came out DVD. Come on, man. Or all the people buying the new Transformers movie because they're. 
crazy. Yeah, come on. You know? Okay, fine. <sighs> you guys, you just... What? in the story because it's supposed to be the first you know chronologically in the mana series and explain the origin of the tree and the goddess and such but yeah I'm not that interested. okay oh, oh, and, and this is very important this is actually Seiken Densetsu 4 all the other games between the game that we never got in English those were just trial runs for this this was the big one Square Enix threw everything it had to make this a worthy successor in the series, giving it a proper number. Uh, How would you say that fared, Mr. Apps? I would say that whoever they assigned to this big project didn't really care about the project in the slightest. Like, uh, there's just... It, uh... I I don't even know what to say about this game. Like, Square Enix has made plenty of bad games in the past, but to just punt such a, what was supposed to be a big title is just I, 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 I'd like to know exactly what happened with the development of this game. Because it, it, it was just shockingly bad to play. You know, there's a test Gene Siskel had for movies, and I think it could work for games too. Would a documentary of the people involved in this movie eating lunch be more interesting than watching the finished product. It sounds like that would be the case for Dawn of Mana. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would, I would pay money to see that. I would not pay money or take money to play this game. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, it, you know, I'm getting a little depressed now. We've gone through a few games, and I've heard nothing but negativity. What I need right now, more than anything else is a hero like the heroes of mana for your Uh-oh. nintendo ds what was that groan i heard who did that oh you are so off the show okay man all right heroes of mana developed by square enix and our good friends chocolate brownie browns or whatever they're called uh i <laughs> don't make this stuff up published by square enix this was released in north america on august the 14th 2007 a real-time tactical rpg single player multiplayer experience for your nintendo ds <gasps> and this is rated e10 there we go it's a 10 out of 10 all right, Phil. All right. You see, that? You see Heroes of Mana? I'm yeah. sticking it in the ring. I'm going to start with some easy jabs. You see this game? You see this game? It has a really lame plot, but that's nothing. It, nah, it's an okay nah. plot. I can deal with it. Yeah, it's action RPG. Who cares? Yeah, care. yeah, it's action RPG. All right. All right these, these are not, this is nothing. It can easily fend off those jabs. Now I'm going to yeah. start landing the body blows. Oh, you like having stupid AI, do you, game? Yeah, you love it. You love having your units wander all over the map so that they never come around to, the, to where the resource deposit is, do you? Yeah, you take it, game, take it. Ooh, the game doesn't like that, but it's it's standing up under pressure, so I'm going to have to throw some more AI punches. Oh, yeah. You like having enemies that just that won't move until you actually reveal them on the map, won't you? Yeah. Well, I'm going to land some more body blows. Oh, you like having my troops just wander around in circles instead of hit the enemy, don't you? Yeah, you like that. You like having projectile-throwing enemy, projectile-throwing adversaries just walk around and walk straight up so they can get hit point-blank instead of using their projectiles. Yeah, you like that, too. Oh, but the game, it can't take, it can't fall down just from that. I'm going to have to hit it some more. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> You think that you think that's enough? You think that's not enough? Oh, I can I can pound it some more. It's on the ground. It's on the mat because 
Ooh, this game likes to have its units just get stuck in log jams, and you have to manually twist every single one of them around so that they will actually go the way you wanted them to, instead of sticking around and, and doing it on their own because they are morons. Ooh, but that's not enough. No, you've got to have these AI and these hero characters. They come into the map, and they're pretty strong at the start of the game, but by the end, they are pathetically weak. But if you let them die, you lose. But if you have just one moment of inattention, oops, then they're dead. You just lost. Oh, and you love it when games like to have you just find out what the computer is doing and then retry the map so that you can go around because that will always work because the AI does not vary its procedures in the slightest no matter what you do. Ooh, the game is on the mat. The referee is counting. It's a bloody mess. Its eyes are swollen. Its nose is broken in many places. It's bleeding out the ears. It can. It's clearly having trouble breathing because I've cracked almost every rib. But it's trying to get up. It's trying to stand up just a little bit. It's trying to say, but I have a Yoko Shimomura soundtrack. Well, you know what? I land a double-handed blow on the back of its head because many games have Yoko Shimomura soundtracks and they did not automatically become good. You are down and you will never fight again. Yeah, you know, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm not I'm not even going to attempt to follow up on that one there. Uh, I think he covered it all. Yeah, that seems to be complete. Yeah, you know, I, I think... I, I gave this a one. I, I, <laughs> Can you tell? No. I, I No, I really, you know, I, I kind of felt you were holding back there. I was kind of expecting like a two, 2.5. It, it sounds to me like you were very angry that you couldn't give this game a zero. You would be <laughs> right. Now, so what you're saying is that maybe I shouldn't pick up this copy on eBay for $140? <laughs> well, Phil, I, I, will, I will rejoin your argument with this. If you have millions of dollars and you would just like to establish a library of sealed games against the eventuality of all currencies collapsing and the distinct possibility that video games unopened will become the new world currency, then sure, pick it up. If you intend to actually play it, uh, I would request that you kindly check yourself into the nearest sanatorium and stay there for a while. Until the people inside say that it's safe for you to come out, because clearly you are not fit to be around the rest of civilization. Hmm. Interesting. Now, now did anyone else play it? Uh, again, mildly interesting. No. Views on the game. <laughs> again, if you like stupid characters doing stupid things and making you manually run them around so that they will stop being so stupid for a few seconds. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. As I said in my review, if this was the best that the world of Mana could, could, could come up with, the series deserved to die. That's true. <sighs> Nathan, Michael, either of you have thoughts that I didn't cover? Or just rejoinders? Well, I think that the only good thing about this game... Here's one I've ever heard that it at least follows somewhat of the chronology of Sacred Densetsu 3. So, and well, it's correct, kind of interesting like... world. So, that's what all I've ever heard good about it at all. Yeah, if you, if you want to pick out references, they're there. Again, though, the story, I don't remember much of it, but it's... 
pretty bland and generic and uninteresting, which makes it an improvement over the gameplay. <laughs> so... But it's always a bad sign when the best part about a game is how it references a much better game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think after the, after going through an entire boxing match that that we might need a break. <laughs> Whew. Uh, okay, but before we go, wow. Man, I'm still recovering after I think I was down for the count. Um, uh, I'm going to assume that the $140 copy was not the only copy. What other prices would the clinically insane have to pay for acquiring this? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's it's available for the low, low price of about 25 bucks used. You can find a new copy for about 60 70 140-ish. I mean, I don't know, Minky. I mean, according to these prices, these things must be flying off the shelves like pancakes. Phil, I'm about to tell you something which will no doubt shock you to the core. There are a lot of crazy people out there. What? Get out. I know. It, it came as a shock to me. How can that be so? How can these people be allowed to walk the streets, let alone breathe? But it happens. Whew. Wow. And I know why I have good things to say about Sword of Mana and Children of Mana, because I played Heroes of Mana. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, oh boy. Well. So, uh, I have a question. Uh Uh-oh. If Dawn of Mana and this game were in a fight, who do you think would win? Uh... As the most terrible. Oh, boy. Again, since I didn't play Dawn of Mana, I can't speak to that, but it did look pretty, didn't it? That's true. That is. Whereas Heroes of Mana looked like a Mana game rendered as a real-time strategy on the DS, complete with isometric view, which you will find it difficult to orient your troops properly, especially when you get stuck in an archway and the game will never let you move past the archway to touch certain squares. Um, so anyway, the, the graphics of Heroes of Mana are not particularly impressive. That that might be the deciding factor. I don't know. Only the very select group of people who have sampled both can tell us. Hopefully there's some... a very, very select few. Yeah, I'm certain some of them must be listening to this, so... And hopefully one of them can tell us which one's worse. Someone will try to tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about, to which I will rejoin, if you wish to be comfortably nestled in your nest of lunacy for the rest of your life, I wish you luck. Doggy, <laughs> wow. Oh, well, uh, before we leave, uh, I want to give each of you um, 60 seconds to either talk about your favorite mana game from the ones that we've talked about today, or if you can't think of a favorite one, maybe you need to talk about your most not favorite one, except for Mike. We've already heard everything he said about his not favorite one. Um, <laughs> so convince people to go out there and which one to get or 
Maybe they should just stay away from the series. I don't know. Up to you. Who are we going to pick on first? Mm, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Pick a person by its toe. Mr. Schlothen. Uh, For me, just the Secret of Mana series begins and ends with the original trilogy of Fall Fantasy Adventure, Secret of Mana, and Second Densetsu 3. And, well, Secret of Mana is kind of nice, too. I like that one. But we already talked about that in the previous backtrack. So, it's, those games are good and fun. Enjoy them, if you can. <laughs> are you trying to say don't play the... <laughs> Cassandra. Okay, well, I might be a bit of a weirdo for liking Sword of Mana, but, I again, I found, I found it rather charming. I find the uh, Mana world in general just to be fairly interesting, even though, sadly, a good deal of the games in the series are not very good. And, uh, again, I, 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 I kind of like the story. I kind of like the characters. I kind of like the battle system. I kind of like the game. <laughs> nice, nice. Mr. Apps. Out of the games we talked about today, I would highly recommend that people give Dawn of Mana its... Oh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh! That was everybody's, right there. everybody's heard it now. I can Whoa. play it. I knew I knew there was like a hidden love. I knew he was holding back from me, and now there, we know the truth. I'm gonna Mr. Fix Apps, it. this is a Freudian slip. You know it. No, I'm going to fix this. And Out of all the titles we talked about today, <laughs> I would ask that everybody give Dawn, Man- Dawn of Mana its fair shot in, in Incinerator. You know, and the beautiful thing is I can delete anything he said afterwards. So he just oh. says – he just has a good part about how much he loves Dawn of Mana. <sighs> and all I have to do is find another clip where he says the word yes. So he'll say, I love Dawn of Mana. Cut him off right there, and I'll come in and say, do you really? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. This is great. Please don't. <laughs> Amber Stan. <laughs> So seriously, out of all the games we talked about today, I would ask that people give Legend of Mana its fair shot, since it's only six bucks on PSN. Uh, you may not necessarily like it, but just think of it as a not a main series mana game. It's a side entry. Just give it a shot. And other than that, stick to the other games that came out before Legend of Mana and forget the other ones ever existed. And if you happen to have suffered through them, I'm I'm so very sorry. I feel your pain. <laughs> and last word for Mr. Minky. I'm going to mostly save this until the import corner because something Nathan mentioned, Seiken Densetsu 3, definitely deserves being talked about, and I would probably place it as my favorite in the series. But of the ones we talked about, I don't have enough strong memories of Final Fantasy Adventure to say yay or nay, which places me in the odd situation of kind of agreeing with Cassandra that Sword of Mana has some good points. Because, after all, we we know the one that I will not utter again. The one that represented a black hole, which probably led to many suicides in Japan among the development team. Or at least it should have in the decent world. There, I'm dead. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna take a few moments and get one of those fancy boxer water bottles and start spraying Mr. Minky down and help him to calm down after his caffeine induced rampage on a certain mana game. And when we come back, we're gonna hear hopefully his more calm opinion on his import corner, Mike's import corner. We'll be right back. 
game, I gotta open up wider. I can't get this water in if you don't open up your mouth. Man, it's been a rough night, man. But, but I got him. I got him. All right, man. Get out there and take him. You can do this. I already did, actually. It looks like he has no teeth left, and that was his first and last fight. <laughs> okay. Seiken Densetsu 3 would actually whoop me to the floor in any grudge match in the cage because um, it's a really good game. It's and awesome. There's some notoriety around it because we never got it officially in English. The, the emulation front amended that a long time ago, but I played the Japanese cartridge, and I can tell you, even in Japanese, this is a great game. It, this comes even without understanding the story, which... It's probably the most involved of any Mana game story. You've got six characters, each of whom has a unique tale, mostly of betrayal and re and vengeance and the need to free themselves from incrimination, but what have you. Those, those make for good stories. Um, the stories are different, and there are three major paths, each of which three, two of the characters will go down during the game, and these are major differences. You will go through different dungeons, you will fight different final bosses, you will see some different scenery along the way. And so variety is there, and there's also variety in the gameplay because of the class change system. I, When I played it through for the, in its entirety, I made Angelo my main character, Hawkeye, my second character, and Reese, Lise, however her name is pronounced, into my third. And each of the, every character has a total of four different classes that can be at the end of the game. And the classes you choose va vastly change how you're going to play the game. I will say, I will admit that changing into the classes, especially the final class change, is not the most self-explanatory system out there, but what the hey, I was already playing an import game, so I was consulting game facts as needed. And I will also say that it can be fairly challenging. Enemies can beat you into the dirt pretty easily, and whoever decided that enemies with hit points in the tens of thousands near the end of the game needed to be there when you can only do a maximum of 999 damage. Uh, that, that was not necessarily the brightest of decisions. Thanks a lot. But it's an enormous game. Lots to do. Looks great. It's one of those great-looking later Super Nintendo games. This was the successor to Secret of Mana that we never got officially in English. And all the praise I can give to it might just be enough. There are people out there who don't like it. I'm thinking of one in particular who used to contribute a whole lot of reviews and ill-informed opinions to our site. He's, he's probably not listening, though, because we don't say things that he agrees with. And I don't agree with him in saying that this game is overrated. It's not. If it had come out in English, it would have an even bigger audience. But since the emulation front has... Geez, I think it was, this was translated at least 10 years ago. It's an old, old... English ROM, and from what I've seen, it's quality. So there's no excuse not to try it at some point. And I think Nathan would pretty much agree with me on this, right? Yeah, like, I'll admit with some shame, this is one of those few games I've actually broken down and gone on the emulated version for. Uh, I don't do that very often, so I'm not really proud of it, but still, it's worth it of a game that I actually broke some of my scruples to do it for. And I'm happy that I did, because it's a, it is an awesome game. I mean, great replay value, great fun characters, good gameplay. I mean, it actually has a decent multiplayer system, which is kind of not true of any of the other games we've talked about tonight. That's right. I, 
I played the final boss of Angela's story with a friend once. That was cool. Yeah, it's like, I mean, for me, I like the multiplayer of the different Mana games since, well, only is it only really ever really that good in Secret of Mana and Second Densets of Three. No, that's about it. I mean, Legend of Mana has multiplayer, but I don't think it's as good as those two for all kinds of reasons. Uh, no, it's it, it kind of a... Uh, yeah, it, that probably pretty much covers it. It's not that great. Yeah. Um, well, I ran into the game using a team of uh, Lise, the A, Hawkeye, and Kevin, the werewolf. I'm just having a werewolf character is kind of fun, but he's also <laughs> just a great team. Yeah, just, yeah he's, he's neat because he actually turns into a werewolf at night, which makes the day-night cycle very useful if you have Kevin in your team. Yep. Hmm. That's one thing I really liked about the game, the whole day-night cycle. Like, I remember yeah, when also, I, the first time I played it, I was playing it in Japanese, and there's some point where you have to stay at the end or wait till it's nighttime and something will happen. It took me forever to figure that out, but, you know... It, it, the way the game uses it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Also, just stuff like the day of the week, the whole be able to stay at the end for free on Mana Days. All touches that you could copy a bit in later games, but kind of done that they're best, and simple, and well in this game. Which, of course, Square Enix never saw fit to give us legally in English at all. Brilliant choice there. Ugh. Tragedy. It is a tragedy. I mean, it, it's up there with games like Seventh Dragon and other things like that. It's these just brilliant games that so many people will just never get to play. And uh, it, it's it's just awful. I mean, there's there's aspects of this game that I don't like as much as the previous game, but they're so much outweighed by uh, how many how many awesome things this game does that yeah. It's, that, that there's just hardly anything bad to say about this game. I mean, maybe maybe it hasn't aged that well, but yeah. You know, if if you love retro games, this is. If you still like Secret of Mana, you will like this. Yes, if you if you absolutely love Secret of Mana, you will absolutely love this game. Very true. One thing that uh, I can't remember who said it to me once, but somebody disliked the fact that unlike Secret of Mana, instead of powering up the same weapons, you. Do what most RPGs do. You buy new ones in every town. I don't know. I I was okay with that. It didn't bother me. Yeah, I, I, it, it works well enough for this game. I, I kind of, like the game replaces it with a kind of cool class system, which gives some very different variety. I kind of miss the old weapon changing and such. It would have been nice to have different weapons for these characters, other than just them each having the one weapon they use. Uh, but that's just kind of a nitpick more than a real complaint about the game. It works well cool. as it is. I mean, I think anything that kind of changes or is removed from the previous game is replaced by something that's just as good. Like uh, the magic system. I don't remember all the different parts of it, but I think... Do, do all the characters get magic? Uh, yeah. Only some characters. All of them. I, I think they all do by the time you reach the final classes, but what they get varies so much. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I do remember. And also, this game. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh. See, I just forgot what I was going to say, so you go ahead. 
Okay, also, like, this game, like, it ch removes the called weapon charging system from Secret of Mana, but I hated that, and I really like Secret Contensor 3 system instead a lot better. Or if just have yeah, that gauge and using the special moves that way. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Instead of having to just stand back for a few seconds until you can hit again, it just charges up your special moves. That's which you gain and are different depending upon your classes. Everything changes through classes. <laughs> and I should also mention this is a big game. Oh yeah. If if you want to get everything out of it, you know, play through at least three of the characters in order to see all the major variants, you're going to be at it a while. And it'll yes. be worth every minute. Again, though, just be prepared for the enemies to be strong. If you can manage with that, you will have no problems at all. I don't really think difficulties even, is even that bad. Most of yeah, them. Well, well, no, well, that was really that bad. I mean, I mostly remember just buffing up my team with Lazy's power, debuffing with the power of a ninja, and just always being the heck of everything, and it just kind of worked. All of it with I, the heavy abuse of the items in that <laughs> game, which are pretty powerful. I, I do remember fighting a boss for like an hour and then dying because I just ran out of healing items and MP. So, um, yeah, it can be pretty tough. I do remember needing to buy supplies a lot, which is fortunately a lot easier than in Secret of Mana because there are a lot more items, and you're not limited to only four of them. The magic of Poto Oil. Make sure to stock up on that stuff. Exactly. I, I made sure to recognize what that looked like in whatever Japanese characters were being used because I had to buy that all the time. Hmm. Cool. Anything else you can think about? Let's see here. Well, you get to ride a turtle for a while on the sea to get around to places before you get Flammy back. Yeah, Flammy. Um, also, this kind of depends. There's three different final bosses, two of which are kind of the throwbacks to the previous games in the series. The, the Dark Lord boss is basically uh, it's a massive throwback to the original boss of... Fall Fantasy Adventure. We know there's also the Dark Lich, who's basically a throwback to Thanatos from Secret of Mana. So if you like those old bosses, you get to fight them again in this game, which is kind of cool. Just changed a little. Yeah, changed a little. Familiar enough to, that you go, oh yeah, I get it. But not so overly familiar that you know exactly how to beat them. <laughs> Coolie coolie. Alrighty. Well, so there we just we just had the most oh, and what's, un, unequivocally positive discussion of a game, and it was for one that didn't come out in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Was it hard to find? Nope. Mm. I got this on eBay ten years ago, and I'm sure it'll be easier to find now. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll be taking just another brief reprieve, and we'll be right back with our PC Pit Stop. We haven't done one of those in a while. So hold on to your seats. We'll be right back.
Mr. Minky, I know you're a, a student of films, and that your your knowledge of all things related to movies is surpassed only by Wikipedia. Maybe not even that. <laughs> so I think Roger Ebert could comfortably pound me into the dirt with his film knowledge. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can in uh, in a few sentences explain why why uh, superhero movies are on the on the move why why the resurgence it seemed like you know we had a big thing with spider-man stuff for a while but then they kind of went blah but here we are we're seeing captain america we're seeing green lantern we're seeing uh, thor and none of these movies are exactly coming out to great reviews but they just keep coming out one after another after another we've got avengers coming up what's up with that it's very simple enough of these movies have been making big money that the studios and marvel just see a gold mine to be continually mined and I would I would say that Thor, it may not have been a great film, but it was pretty good. It was a pretty good representation of the character of Thor on screen. Uh, Green Lantern, let's let's leave that aside. I think we're just lucky that a sequel is coming, which will hopefully do it better. <clears throat> Captain America, well, that was easily the best Captain America movie, which doesn't say a whole lot. <laughs> I'm about but... to say. <laughs> Come on, that was a fun movie. Oh boy. Well, you know, it's it, you know, as you said, Mike. Tommy Lee Jones as your drill sergeant. That automatically makes for some fun times. Oh jeez. As you said, it, you know, there's there's certainly uh, no shortage of uh, of the idea of let's turn around, you know, some movies really quick and, and make some quick bucks. And Lord only knows they've been doing it for years with with comic book uh, video games. Uh, every time I see another Spider-Man or Captain America or any of those games come out, I tend to shudder. Though, though, thankfully, there have been a League fighting game on the 16-bit consoles. Oh, so there's there's the picture of Batman beating up Superman. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of them out there, and for the most most of them stink. There are some a uh, few good ones out there, and uh, this isn't uh, uh, necessarily a, a video game podcast or video games about comic books podcast, or otherwise I might have a whole side topic just on those alone. However, um, there is one really, 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 really good superhero uh, video game that came out about ten years ago. And and best of all, it's a role-playing game, a tactical role-playing game to be precise. Precise. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about uh, the, the Freedom Force. It's a real-time tactical RPG uh, gaming experience for your PC. Uh, this was developed by Rational Games, published by Electronic Arts, and it was released here in the U.S. on January the 9th, 2002. So just a few months shy of the uh, decade mark coming up here. Single player or multiplayer? Electronic Arts became the omnipresent colossus that seems to publish just about everything in the video gaming realm. Yeah. And uh, this was uh, uh, rated T for terrific. Uh, Freedom Force um, is a non-licensed game. You're not going to find Spider-Man or Superman or anything like that. However, if you're any somewhat of a fan of, of comic books, especially if you want to go back to the Jack Kirby days, if you read any of those, then you will instantly fall in love with Freedom Force because while the characters are not directly from the comic book, they are very stylized uh, in every way, shape, and form after uh, major comic book icons like Superman and Captain America and things 
things like that. Uh, the main character in uh, in the Freedom Force group is Minuteman, and he is he is clearly a Captain America ripoff. But it's not just the fact that he kind of idealizes the uh, the Captain America character, but he all of the characters capture the style of the Jack Kirby comics so so well. And when you when you first boot up the game, it goes through like this origin story of how Minuteman came to be. I won't go into the details, but the way that that story is presented uh, through the cutscenes, it is like, I mean, they even have everything down to the dot, uh, the ink dot shading, and the voice acting is like, and here's Minuteman! I mean, it is just so classic. You cannot, you cannot deny yourself this if you're even remotely, remotely a fan of the comic books. The origin alone, and I'm sure you could probably find them on YouTube or something, the origins alone are worth just watching through the origin stories, because you you get more and more characters uh, into your Freedom Force, and uh, uh, characters like uh, 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 Liberty Lad, which is kind of his sidekick. You got El Diablo, who's like the hot-headed Latino. He reminds you of Johnny Storm, uh, but he's got the, the whole Latino thing going on. He flies and throws out fire and whatnot. Manbot, who's basically Iron Man, a tragic figure who's trapped inside of his iron suit again very similar to iron man in his connection with his power source that runs his heart uh, you know and he's also a, 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 a he's a bit of a he was originally a bit of a playboy but i mean each one of these characters are every bit as rich as something from the 60s or 70s and the way their stories come across the, the art style and instead of being super cheesy it, it actually pays homage the the entire uh the the presentation of the game pays homage to that era it just absolutely brings a tear to your eye. Most people I know who like role-playing games, a lot of them are into comic books. People are enjoying the comic book movies or you know, and everything like that. But if you've ever read any of the old comics or, heck, you just have a curiosity about what some of that atmosphere was like back in those days and what really started off this whole movie craze decades ago, you owe it to yourself to check out Freedom Force. Now, I've talked a lot about the the, – the, the, oh. uh, Yes. You mentioned a, a Latino ver- Latino version of Johnny Storm. So you would say that he is superior to the version of Johnny Storm we saw in the two recent Fantastic Four movies. Jeez, oh, <laughs> anything is superior to the two Fantastic Four movies. It's like you're saying that Galactus, as a big dust cloud, is not particularly intimidating. Oh, jeez. We'll be having a Final Fantasy review with my, or a Final Fantasy, a Fantastic Four movie review in the final lap tonight, where we'll thoroughly explore. No, I, they, they were dead. Oh, to, no, you're going to make me think about what happened to Doctor Doom in those movies. Don't make me do that, please. One of, take your mind off of it, one of my favorite characters was Alchemist. Uh, she is kind of like the Scarlet uh, Witch in the Avengers. Uh, she's got kind of like these hexing powers. She throws out a hex ball. She can make weird things happen and whatnot but what's really cool is she's she's a she's a totally southern gal and she talks she talks with a really you know thick country accent she you know when you're clicking on social she'll say oh my peaches and cream and things like that and uh, the vo- the voice acting in the game is just fabulous there's so many characters but they're all voiced uh so well i mean i could i could spend uh, half an hour just talking about the dozen or so characters in this game uh but each one's got a really great backstory you'll get attached to them if you like you know the uh 
the old uh, cheesy type of uh, heroes. You've also got a, a good uh, selection of supervillains in there, but but definitely the heroes uh, steal the show. And as you're going through each chapter, it's reminiscent of an issue out of out of a comic, and they have the cheesy comic book covers that pop out with uh, gorgeous contrast and striking visuals, uh, just like the Jack Kirby days. Uh, it really had who who the people who put these uh, game together, rational games, whatever. Which absolutely, this was a labor of love, and and I just can't sing enough. Enough praises. Now that's all fine and good, but uh, you know if you don't have the gameplay mechanics to back it up, it would it would be just so heartbreaking to see all of this effort that was put into the presentation, the story, the characters, the visuals be wasted due to crappy gameplay. Especially listening, you know, since this is a tactical uh, real-time uh, RPG, uh, similar to something that Mike just talked about not too long ago. <clears throat> It would be terrible if this was ruined in a similar fashion. But thankfully, Freedom Force delivers in the area of gameplay. It is a, it is kind of a Diablo-style, uh, real-time strategy type of thing. Uh, you start off with just one character, Minuteman, but later on you'll have up to four characters out at one time. Uh, you'll hit the pause button, you'll give them their marching orders. Each character has a couple of special powers. You can activate them uh, when you're paused, or even while things are moving, by right-clicking on the enemy and choosing Super Punch or... Or whatever characters can fly so if you want to get up on you know some characters uh if you want to get up on the roof on a building you can do that a lot of characters have super jump strong characters can rip up lampposts and and cars and throw them across the board at enemies uh and some of these battles get pretty pretty hairy uh the balance uh and the difficulty scaled up and ramped up pretty well the rpg aspect of this comes in as you go through each scenario uh you're able to power up your level your characters you earn experience and i believe characters on the sidelines are in half experience or full experience or something like that but i remember i was able to pretty much uh level up uh characters as i went along and uh, and continue to make them more and more powerful. In a lot of scenarios, only one or two characters are required, allowing you to choose the other two characters you're going to bring in the group. The game is customizable. If you do a quick Google search or whatever have you, you can actually download and edit skins and then import them to the game very, very easily. And I did that to uh, – I draw comics, and I did that to actually import my own character, Wildlight, into the game and was able to set up customized powers that were very close to her own powers in the comic so if you have a favorite superhero or you've got one of your own this is an excellent way to get to play them out and see them on the screen and have fun with them there is a multiplayer component but i'm anti-social so i didn't really fart around with that for me the the huge blast and beauty of this game was going through uh the main story with my freedom force and my team of characters so uh really really awesome and a lot of fun um now this was made by and this was made by Rational Games. I believe they became uh, 2K later on or something like that. So these are the same guys who who brought you a lot of the other uh, big titles out there, like System Shock 2 and Bioshock and things like that. There was a sequel release, Freedom Force versus the Third Reich, and instead of going forward in time, the sequel goes back in time. Many of our heroes from the original Freedom Force find themselves in a time trap that takes them back to the age of the Third Reich. And this is even this is just equally as awesome because the art style and the style of story 
it turns back even further a month i i forget the uh list of the age of comics but the uh uh yeah the is the golden age but the older one of the two but we're going back really to the older age before marvel became big and uh world war uh, comics were a bit more popular and everything was based a lot of the comics of the time were based around you know hitler in fact even the superman comics of those times i remember seeing the covers where superman was beating up german nazis and things like that with batman i think uh-huh and uh let's uh, uh yeah i think that's like so it's I, I don't know if it goes as i don't know if that's really the gold golden age is the original comics so we're probably talking about the silver age is there a platinum age before the golden age <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was the uh the uh, silver age the so freedom force one I think uh, Silver Age is 50s and 60s, though. Right, because Freedom Force 1 is based on the Bronze Age, which is, you know, your circa 1970s stuff where Marvel really started to become popular. So the Silver Age, I, I just found it, is between 56 and 70, and that's where this kind of appeals back to. So you started getting superheroes but you know, but they were kind of 2D, very much in character. Uh, the art was flatter, of course, uh, a little bit less contrast, and uh, a lot of Nazis involved. And that's what Freedom First versus the Third Reich is really about. They made some changes to the mechanics underneath the hood. Um, I, I did... they didn't want to go back to the rather insulting caricatures of the Japanese made during the war. <laughs> um uh, they they, well instead uh, instead of talking about the the mechanics let me uh let me talk about this stylized change a little bit more so aside from the artwork and stuff being thrust by back to the 50s or 60s you also get new characters to the group which are very much inspired from that time uh, period such as uh tricolor whatever her name was she had she was a french uh she was a french uh fencing champion she won the gold medal um in the olympic games and she got brainwashed uh became a nazi henchman but later on uh, you know saw the line or whatever have you her abilities are based on her fencing skills so she doesn't have she's not throwing out fire she's not shooting out laser beams or anything like that like your heroes from the first game are she's using powerful melee attacks and blinding lights from her rapier um uh, Blackjack was uh was another one. He's he's got this really cool British accent. It's hard to go wrong with with uh with British accents. <laughs> um, but again, more of a more of a melee fighter. And I remember one character. He was kind of inspired by the goat. What's that ghost character's name? The really popular. Do you remember Minky? They made a movie out of him, the Phantom. Is it the Phantom? The guy who wears purple. Yeah. That would be Phantom. Phantom, yeah, it's probably uh, that one right there. So a lot of uh, a lot of um, a lot of one was called Tombstone. He reminded me of kind of like a Ghost Rider, um, uh, to, you know. But anyways, a lot of really cool new heroes. Um, they don't seem in concept nearly as powerful as their modern age counterparts, and that's that's the way it was. Those heroes back then really weren't super shockers. Um, even Superman was more power down back then. But uh, but it, yeah, he started out not being able to fly. Yeah, he was basically just jumping over buildings and and, and whatnot. But uh, definitely, 
it's still a lot, a lot of fun. You still want to go through the comics. You still want to read the stories. The art style is a little bit different. You want to check that out. Uh, but yeah, once you play through the first one, you definitely want to play through the second one. And some of the storyline from the first one, without giving anything away, uh, does kind of tie in with a couple of things that happen in the second one. So you'll you'll definitely want to check it out because I personally did get a little bit of attached to the to the characters in the first one. So seeing a couple a little bit of that develop in the second game was really really cool. Both of these games you can get on the cheap from Steam. Uh, I, they're probably like five bucks each or something along those lines. Well, well worth it. I bought these games when they came out at like forty bucks or so. Uh, unfortunately, I think something happened to the company that developed them, or I don't know. But I remember the prices, uh, and I knew it had something to do with their internal development. But the prices, uh, especially after Third Ride came out, fell really, really fast, and you were able to find the disc for like eight bucks in Best Buy. Now you get off of, of of half or not half, but Steam. Uh, GOG has just the Third Reich, but I'm guessing because of right issues or whatever have you, they never did get the original Freedom Force. Otherwise, I'd recommend getting it off of GOG so you don't have any DRM. But either way, however you get a hold of these games, <laughs> if you like superheroes, you like tactical RPGs, uh, you're gonna love these games. And I believe they also have a difficulty setting. So if you're not a huge fan of the tactical rpgs or you just feel you're not good at them stick that guy on easy and play through it and just enjoy it because it is just a, a ton of fun and, and you want to play through it rather than just watching the cut scenes on maybe uh who uh, not hulu but youtube because as you're playing through parts of the story happen as you're going through the maps and the boards a lot of great voice acting and dialogue that carries along the the story there so Whew, man now i know you guys have tons of questions go uh, hmm. Take care, everybody else. Okay. Fell asleep. <laughs> no, no, you did a pretty good job of summing them up. I, I can't think of anything immediately that I was uncertain about. It's just in a day and age where I see comic books really becoming, you know, being thrust back into popularity again. I see, you know, the comic book shelves at the gaming store or have a, you know, a lot more variety again. So, you know, comics are coming back into the spotlight. Now's an excellent time to go back, dust off this classic, and and absolutely give it a run through. And it doesn't take super long. It's not an eighty-hour RPG. I think you can you can get through either of these games in fifteen to twenty hours tops, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was just so much fun it felt like fifteen to twenty hours for me. <laughs> <sighs> that's always important though yeah yeah if a game that actually takes you five hours feels like it took 30 hours that's not a good sign yeah yeah so check it out and if you guys have played it and uh or you're going to play it or or this just sounds interesting to you hey let me know on the board because i'd love to hear some other people's comments on this game as well you can always write at uh, rpgamer.com click on the forum link and post your thoughts up we'll have a thread of course as we always do for this show you can also talk about how much you love manas and import games and all kinds of other fun stuff or hate mana games apparently or or just leave your comments about mike's mike's monologue there about boxing and how that relates to video games and violence and stuff (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back for the final lap. Yeah, we're going to come back before Phil can think of anything to do with Rocky that he can tie into this. Andrew! Oh, sorry. We'll be right back.
Okie dokie. Alrighty, uh, so, final lap time. Oh boy. Do we have some good comments this week? I'm gonna go well, let's take a see look. here. Nick said that her favorite part of the last episode was listening to Cassandra have a rant at the end about ignition, and that she found it adorable that you said words like blasted. I don't like the curse. I don't see what's so cute about using euphemisms. Well, Sam, as anybody knows who can get her uh, on off the record, she'll swear a lot. She's a very foul-mouthed woman. <laughs> well, I think... Well, I mean, you know, blasted. Again, we're talking about ignition localization, so I'd say oh. that would prompt profanity for most people. <laughs> Which means that you have amazing self-control, Cassandra, if you were able to restrain yourself so well. Mm. I don't get angry much either, so, yeah. Oh, look at this. Shaman is concerned that we didn't, we didn't mention last time what the next episode was going to be about. Well, let's correct that error. The next episode of RPG Backtrack two weeks ago that we forgot to mention, we're going to be talking about the Mana series. Uh, I believe Mike's going to have an import corner talking about a long-lost Mana game that didn't make it here. And I'm going to probably do a PC pit stop about Freedom Force if there's time. So, got that corrected. You're good. Yeah, I try. I, I really do. Maybe we should say what's coming up on the next show. I should say that what's coming up next time is provisional because I want to make sure that Anna has no pause for those in the know, has enough time to be apprised of the games since one of them, Mr. Apps and I know very well, but it's a Saturn game, so that limits its audience quite greatly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time that we talked about a limited audience game. The other game we'll be talking about next time, again, presuming that Anna can, is able to join us in time. If not, I'll switch something else in. Uh, well, I just reviewed it, so you can guess it pretty easily. Mm. Something I just reviewed, plus something that ties in with it very closely on the Saturn, and that doesn't leave a whole lot of options. Mm. Uh, we'll also uh, be looking at uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes for our blast from the recent past. Because that's like the only game like two years ago that I actually played through and beat. <laughs> I did play some Dragon Age Origins, though, but I, I didn't actually... I can talk a little bit about Origins, and maybe some other people will join in, but uh, no, mostly I want to focus on my Magic Clash of Heroes. I think everybody knows about Origins. Well, I think more people don't know about Clash of Heroes. Ha <laughs> ha! I think Mr. Apps is a diehard supporter of you. Yeah, there. buddy, me and Apps. Let's go, tag team, let's go! <laughs> All right. Cool, awesome. Oh, hey, I just kind of look forward down the list. Uh, November 29th, I know Kung Fu. Hey, I know Kung Fu and Orange Bell. I'm working my way up. Soon I'm going to be able to split the desk with my forehead. Awesome. I would encourage you to wait just a little while to be certain that you are able to do it without incurring brain damage. Oh, we're going to have to add some more games today, Tenerary here. We're down to four. I know, I know. Huh. Um, anywho... Uh, so, yeah, so that's our next show. Yeah, so there. Um, anything that's on your mind, your heart, your your head, that you want to discuss with the audience? Mr. Apps. Uh, well, I just reviewed the recent re-release of Guardian Heroes, speaking of Saturn games, uh, which has mostly, I'd say, some graphical issues, but otherwise a very fun beat-em-up that I would very highly recommend that people give a shot. Having recently played through one scenario on the Saturn again, I would 
say that it holds up quite well. And again, I play Saturn games pretty regularly. <laughs> yes, it, it the gameplay itself has aged incredibly well. Like I've played beat ups developed in recent years that aren't as good as this. Of course, that's also a symptom of the beat 'em up not being a very popular form in the last fifteen years or so. This is true. This is very true. But uh, it's definitely a good game to play. Um, I wish they had been able to find a way to make story mode four player, but as it stands, it's still a, a very good game. Yeah, it was two player in the original game. I guess tweaking that would have involved a whole lot of programming changes. Yeah, but not just programming changes. They probably have to rebalance the whole game, which probably wasn't in the bu- in the budget. No, and and though you are hopeful that more Saturn games will come, I I put this to you: How many Saturn games have made it to other systems that were not from Treasure? <laughs> uh, I'm not actually hopeful. I was just trying to give other people hope. <laughs> For instance, really Shining cool. Games; those are not leaving the Saturn. Nope. Uh, definitely not. Especially um, Shining the Holy Ark. We'll we'll talk about that, but that has a lot of 3D issues, which would probably be insanely difficult to port it to a different platform. Unless lots of money was forthcoming, which it won't be. Right. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Ramos, go! Uh, Well, I'll just give up give an update on that uh, Project VGM. That was the uh, uh, soundtrack for the fake RPG. Uh, with The first uh, deadline has passed, and we have 56 completed tracks. Uh, if you want to listen to them, uh, there's quite a few good ones on there. I won't say all of them are good, but there's quite a few good ones. Again, you can go to our forums, the uh, miscellaneous sub-forum. Go to the topic that's right for fake RPG. It should be uh, there on the last page. If not, uh, you can uh, always uh, go to the uh, website... Uh, Yorongand has set up that uh, HTTP uh, slash slash S at JN SJM music dot D D E slash project VGM slash. And you can hear the music files there. Sweet. Mr. Nathan. You... And, and Ms. Ramos. Well, no. while I've got you here. Mm-hmm. Is Luminous Arc 3 the one that will convince people who just couldn't get into the first two. This series is all that. Unfortunately, since I can barely, un- I can't. I, I can't even think I barely understand the story. I can. I can. Ju- I have the, the the loosest idea of what's going on, but I have no idea what the specifics are, and I certainly can't understand the dialogue. Um, I really, really can't say. The gameplay is fun. Uh, the characters are kind of charming, and as much as I can get from their from their voices, from their facial expressions, and from their movements and such, but otherwise, I really can't say. Okay. I, I can't ask you for any more than that. <laughs> okay, Mr. Nathan. As usual, I don't really have a lot going on. Finally wrapping up Night Chronicles 2 soonish, so I guess you can look forward to my review on that when I finish writing it. Yeah, no promises it's coming soon. Sorry. Well, at this point, what do you see it reviewing as? Oh, I'm so conflicted. It's, it's like I want to like the game, but, you know, it's, it's got issues. Real issues. 
but it's also fun, but not as fun as hoped as I hoped. So yeah. Oh boy. Well, well, deeply conflicted reviews are often interesting to read. So yeah. I wish that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, we can always possible try to make the review interesting. <laughs> Oh, one thing I can mention about Luminous Arc 3, if you didn't like that whole there's a boss that you fight repeatedly at least, at least three three times, if not more, and for some reason, no matter how badly you kick them in the rear, they keep coming back, this game still has that. There's at least two of them so far. Oh, One of them, boy. like he was beaten permanently. At least he looked like he died. <laughs> I hope he died. I remember beating Fatima six times through the course of the fir- of the second game. It- well, the first had to beat Vanessa like four times, I think, and Priel at least three. Well, good to know that Imajepak has an idea and just wants to use it into oblivion. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. And the one who died was about three times, so, eh. I'll just, uh, nope, nope, not, not saying a word. <laughs> well, maybe you should say a word, Minky. Is there anything on your mind that you want to share for the show? Um, I hate the camera in Okami. Oh, jeez. Wait, wait, wait. The Wii version or the PS2 version? PS2. Okay. <laughs> Was it changed for the Wii? Did the Wii suddenly magically have a much better camera appropriation? I don't know. I was just curious which version. Buy me a Wii and I'll gladly play it on Wii. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. The Wii version of Okami actually was kind of bad ports, so. I'm not sure if the Wii version would be any better. Hmm. No way of knowing without playing them both, and I just don't see it happening right now. Um, Yeah, I, I dumped a couple of reviews on the site in the last little while. One of them is for a game almost no one has ever heard of called Tracia, which actually did come out in English back in 1992 on the Sega Genesis. And boy, oh boy, did Renovation not spell check it very well. You got to love it when your characters gain muscular points. And (laughs) trust me, muscular is odd by itself, but the word muscular is misspelled and you see it with every level. And your, and your major antagonist is named Floyd, except when you fight him at the end, because he suddenly turns into Freud. Oh, God. I kind of want to play this. <laughs> well, it's, as I said in the review, even though I gave it a one and a half, it's interesting. It seems to be trying a lot more than many games of the time did. It failed miserably, but it's interesting to look at. And... I love the fact that it has one of the lowest random encounter rates I've ever seen because it's so easy to bork this game. All you have to do is take advantage of the fact that you can equip unlimited accessories and then just grab a whole bunch of sticks because sticks boost your defense, slap everyone with a bunch of sticks, and then enemies will do no damage. I'm serious. That makes every battle really, really easy and really, really boring, which makes me really thankful for the random encounter rate being so low because, uh, well, when you're taking no damage, it gets boring to fight. (laughs) 
Wow, I'm really selling this game to you, aren't I? Charmingly <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Yeah, there may be a reason that not many people remember this. And I'm not even getting into the stupid AI of your people who just like to collide with each other and stick there instead of, you know, moving that extra space so that they can hit the enemies in battle. But, uh, nah, that's, that would be mean. That's so there's Basia. And uh, Shining in the Darkness, I'll talk more about in the near future. I have a fair number of memories of it already, but I'll, again, I'll, I'll just preserve them. There's no need to go into them right now. Um, as for uh, me, my big thing the last couple of weeks, as most of you know, I'm in the mostly in the board games lately and pen and paper deals. I uh, played uh, RuneScape, I believe it's called, and it's a board game where you're essentially playing an RPG, a full-fledged like pen and paper or even computer or whatever console RPG in a span of about four hours. Uh, you each one of you is playing a hero in a kingdom. There is a light and fl- uh, a light. I wouldn't say light as in fluffy, but a a short, a uh, shallow type of plot. Evil guy taking over the world, dragons, blah 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 blah. You can read the plot to the players at the beginning of the game in two paragraphs, and then you're off. As you're playing the game, you're rolling dice, you're moving characters around. You'll get into fights with enemies. Uh, during the fight sessions, the players roll the dice and and are the only ones who roll the dice, and whether they either hit or they are hit. So the combat moves pretty fast. And uh, and you start leveling up and buying things to make yourself more powerful, and and next thing you know, you're getting people addicted to an RPG. Um, it's probably the second game I would use if I'm trying to get somebody into pen and paper or board game RPGs. Uh, Redemption or something along those lines is is better because that's 45 minutes. But once you get somebody past something that's that quick and shallow, you move them up to the next product, which is something like this. And then maybe after this, you go to uh, something with even more depth. Um, uh, there's a couple of dungeon crawler board games or you just bust out with the red box and pathfinder but this is a great intermediate game if you're trying to and i'm using it on some new people uh coming up here i used it on my little brother and, and he liked it um everybody I, i've ever played redemption with who says oh i'll never play pen and paper rpg i'll never play a complicated game they get into redemption no problem my mother plays redemption for crying out loud so, uh, this so you usually get into complicated stuff. You know, that's that's how you get them in uh, into RPGs because a lot of people who haven't played RPGs before won't. Uh, you know, they won't they won't jump into a, a pen and paper or a board game RPG because it, it just looks way too complicated, overwhelming. Let's just go back and play Scrabble. I know how to play that type of deal. Um. So sit down and you say, look, I'm just going to play this board game with you and play Redemption. And Redemption has a lot of RPG elements in the fact that there's not a lot of story, but you're going into a city and you're fighting bad things by rolling some dice. And you basically uh, find enhancements that are essentially the same as leveling yourself up. And you're just trying to be the first person to get uh, six lost souls and you win the game uh, to rescue six people Uh, in in. Uh, RuneScape, it's a more traditional RPG story where there's a kingdom in trouble, uh, Dragonlord's taken over, you're the heroes, uh, you're going to go visit towns, uh, buy items, go kill, you know, go kick monster spots, get experience, get coin from that, go back and get some more items. Uh, some of the monsters have some interesting twists to them. Occasionally you'll pull up event cards which change the entire world um, as things get more dangerous. Uh, the Dark Overlord does things like send patrols on the streets or 
burst, starts burning down the forest and stuff, or destroys one of the major cities, and that actually changes the feel of the game. These event cards are game changers because it's a major event that's shifting uh, the the world, and it happens just enough to keep the game interesting, but not so much that it it, it becomes uh, you know too, too often. So um, it's a really, you know, by the time you get towards the end and you're getting to the uh, red part of the deck where you're fighting the toughest monsters or the big boss himself or one of his lieutenants, uh, you are going to have this decked out character who has, you're going to have to make sure that you have good items, good armor, good weapons, and uh, plenty of experience uh, points upgrades uh, on your character. And like I said, it's about four hours or so. It's not the first game you want to bust out on a new person, but once they've played something re- like Redemption and they've seen how much fun that can be and that's an easy sit-down-to-teach game, and then you say, hey, if you don't mind spending a few more hours, uh, you know, then let me show you this game because it's very similar, but it's it's got more meat to it. So I mean, I enjoyed it. I you know I, I can see why they this is the second edition, and so that means the first edition must be pretty good for them to release the second one. And uh, it's got a bucket load of expansions, from what I understand, and so it must be pretty popular. And now I see why. But that was called RuneScape, and I, and if anyone's been playing that, uh, I would love to hear more as well. Whew. Okay, well I guess that kind of brings us to the legal disclaimer part of the show, doesn't it, Mister Minky? It probably does, unless you wanted to say something like. Uh which Star Trek movie you think needs a re-examination. <clears throat> oh, jeez. You know what, people... You know what, let, let, you know what? It's the end of the show. This is all about getting sidetracked. Mr. Minky, we should tell people about the awesome richness that is Rift Tracks. Have we ever done that before? Only tangentially. Yeah, you know... So we've never been direct about it. No, and mind you, everybody, we're not getting paid to do this. It's not like a paid commercial or anything. No, no. So... Rift Tracks is brought to us by the people who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000. And believe it or not, Mr. Minky, when I talk to people about this, not everyone's heard of it. I know. I have relatives who, well, I I got them to watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 once for about half an hour before they all said that I was crazy for watching that show. Yeah. They already knew that I was crazy, but this sort of cemented it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... and so, well, Mystery Science Theater was basically a, a kind of a cult uh, TV show back, what, 10, 15 years ago, where several characters... It's been, it was on the air for 10 years. Wow. Well, and there's a reason why, because it's funny as hell. So you got these guys... And yeah, you got these guys. The story doesn't matter as far as why they're there because it's funny as hell too. But you got these guys, and they sit in front of B-rated movies, and they they just make fun of the movie while it's playing. So B is a kindness to some of these movies. Yeah, they're like D-rate movies. Um, and they're mostly pick- Monster at Go-Go. That's that's no B movie. That's that's a Z movie. That's a Z movie. I was watching the dancing golden girls with the golden boots or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that bad? Oh. God, I wish I had that pretty young mind back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The drugged up lady. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was just, oh, it was so bad. It hurt. But these guys will sit there and and, 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 and they will talk over and joke uh, during this entire thing. It's kind of like you're in the living room with your funny grandpa or Uncle Bob or whatever. They're kind that don't shut up during the movies. They keep cracking jokes throughout the whole thing. That's what these guys are doing. And, and it's hilarious as hell. Great at it, and they go with pretty much every source possible for their comments. They don't just do the poop jokes. They do a couple of those, but they also do crazy stuff like connected to Frank Zappa or obscure French New Wave movies and all that fun stuff so that 
understanding everything they're doing takes you a while. And supporting so, to watch them again. Yeah. Yeah. And and so after and you can you can watch a lot of those for free on Netflix if you have a Netflix subscription. I've been catching up on some of the ones that I missed. Um uh you can probably just go and buy a couple of them on eBay or something just to get a feeling for them. Well, Riff Tracks is the same guys doing the same voice, you know, doing what they've always done, but but they're but they're saving their work just as MP3 files. So you buy the MP3 for a few bucks and you play it at the same time of the movie. They do a little cue uh, at the beginning to help get you set and they do cues throughout the movie so you can keep it synced up. But uh, you just play it while you're playing the movie and it works out really really great cuz they're just going to joke throughout the the entire movie and uh to watch the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, no it's, other way is acceptable. It's the only way to watch uh, that vampire movie. What's it called? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a time of day. Yeah. Content upon the position of the sun. So, I mean, they're just absolutely freaking hilarious. You can see it at RiffTracks.com. they got some clips that you can watch for free. Like I said, if you've got a Netflix account, you can see some of the old work because it's pretty much – what's really cool about the new – about the Rift Tracks is since they're not packaging it together with the movie, they're just doing an MP3 file that you play along with your own copy of the movie. Either – you know, you can play – I usually play on Netflix while I play the MP3 with Windows Media Player on the computer at the same time, or you can play it you know, with an MP3 player while you're watching it on your TV, whatever makes you happy. Um, but since they can, since it's a totally separate MP3 file now, that means they can make fun of any movie. I'm, I'm sure back with Mystery Science Theater 3000, they picked the cheapest, oldest movies because you know, that way they didn't have to worry about you know paying a lot of money for royalties. But here they can make fun of anything because they're not packaging the movie with it. So I understand that once Mystery Science Theater 3000 was about to get the rights to an Elvis movie until. Uh. The, the rights holders realized what was going to happen and yanked it away. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, and I think they just came out with, what was that last movie, that, that big, huge, uh, it was just a big, huge movie. Oh, um, uh, Harry Potter, the last Harry Potter. Oh, no, it's the sixth Harry Potter. Sixth Harry, oh, okay. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really the only way to watch a movie, people. So go out and check it out. That's our that's our free commercial for RiffTracks.com. <laughs> But uh, you're really doing. I know there are people who are able to enjoy the Transformers movies. I'm not one of them. <laughs> so Rift Tracks is the only way I'm able to survive them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um. So uh, cool. Um. Okay. Legal disclaimers and all that other fun stuff. I almost got sidetracked talking about my talking about one of my favorite things in life. <sighs> Anywho. Um. Uh oh. Uh oh. You lost the legal disclaimer? Le- legal legal disclaimer? Where, where'd it go? Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Whew, that was close. Gosh, I wouldn't know because I've only said it like 45 times, so you think I'd have this whole thing re- remembered by now or whatnot. So, everyone, do us a favor. Go right on our forums. That's board.rpgamer.com. Leave us your comments about the show. And uh, you can leave. Oh, yeah. So, make sure you do that. And also, what's that thing called? iTunes. Somebody had actually left an iTunes comment not too long ago, Mr. Mickey. It's been like a year. And it was really? very positive. Yeah, except uh, I don't have it opened up now. And uh, I don't know where it is because I don't use iTunes much. So you Now, uh, let's see here. <laughs> iTunes. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. Cool as we access iTunes in real time. In real time. As I'm typing it up on my, my iPad here. Uh, remember me to do a shout out for the iPad sometime. I love this thing. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. RPG backtrack. Hey, you know, we've got four and a half freaking stars. We rock. 17. Of course, most of those are before you and I took over the show. That's the funny thing. Um, let's see. Oh, that got to go all the way to the bottom. More comments. Okay, got to scroll past all the comments from 2005. All right, here we go. Um, this is by Sir Erdrick. Oh, he's on the forums, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Uh, this was left on August 15, 2011. I'm just now discovering it. Sorry, dudes. I don't actually check our iTunes comments very often. He says, all... That's only two months old. Okay. Uh, he said, always a fun show to listen to. I listen to show while I'm at work all night, and you keep me awake. Well, I guess it's better than us putting him to sleep, isn't it? <laughs> I hope he's not a security guard. That's probably not something you want to let your bosses know, that you fall asleep as a security guard. No, not good. I always enjoy hearing other people's opinions and memories about games from the distant and not-so-distant past. Listening to this show has caused me to go back and try out some games that have slipped by me in the past. Well, that's what we're here for. This episode was not so good at that, but we did have a couple. Go back and play Freedom Force. That's good. There's one. Yep. There you go. All right. RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions. Or... Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Cassandra. Hmm? Thank you for what? holding on. Like, Cassandra's the only one still awake. The other two fell asleep halfway through our little Ted on Ted about riff tracks and stuff. Thank you for being on the show tonight, Cassandra. You're very welcome. We appreciate it. Our audience appreciates it. My cat appreciates it. Does Cassandra have any Rift Tracks thoughts? Uh, not much, really. You're going to go in, but you were checking it out when we were talking about it, weren't you? Uh, no, actually, I was playing Luminous Arc 3. Okay, you can, you can do that now. There's a little start button to pause that game and, and go and check that out. It's awesome. Yeah, go check out, say, one of their Matrix riffs. Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, what are we again? Oh, yeah. RPG Backtrack. Production of RP Gamer and all that other fun stuff. News, impressions, blah, 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 blah. Write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcserveandrpgamer.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, rpgcast at rpgamer.com. You know, actually, if I let you send us off, you know, we used to do this all the time. We used to do little contests and stuff and give out gift certificates. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to see us get some more iTunes comments. So I tell you what, I'm going to bribe people because that's the ethical thing to do. So so leave positive comments and and let's say in a show or two for now. We'll give it a month, you know, because some people need time. Uh, we're going to go and check out all the comments. And, and, you know, we'll count Sir Edric's as, er, Erdrick's as one because he was kind enough to put a comment on there in August and he started this. And, and I'm going to pick one at random and they're going to win an Amazon gift certificate for 20 bucks. Ooh. Yeah, so Mickey's going to go and write a comment about his own show. I thought about doing it, but then I realized it actually puts my real name on there or something. I think because I see some people's real names on here and it'd be kind of, yeah, that would be kind of ironic, you know. Anyway. Mr. Mike, before I keep rambling on some more, put us to bed. What a time it's been. We began on the Game Boy, and we ended on the DS with some stops at the PlayStation, the PlayStation 2, the Game Boy, and the Game Boy Advance in between. Every game in this discussion was not created equal, but the good ones have accrued quite a few fans. The bad ones, let's not be too blinded by the waste of potential they represent. Something up such a widely varied talk defies my inclinations, so what was already said... Will have to suffice. <laughs>